Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Ding dong, merrily I am high because I am Gary YouTube and it is Christmas. Almost Merry Christmas, everybody. Get your flashy jumpers on, especially the ones from WWEshop.com. I got the uh, I got the Undertaker one, and I've got to say I'm I'm fairly disappointed in it. Honestly, I'm not Sam, lie. I thought this one came from Wish. Just looking at the material, how cheap it feels, it's horrible. <laughs> it's goalkeeper, like school goalkeeper top material, like a five pound Donny job. Like it's awful. It's a fantastic thing that we have a company credit card. But we are here once again <laughs> to do a tier ranking malarkey, this time for the 2020 SmackDown roster post-2020 WWE draft. We'll be ranking these people, these lads and lasses, on how their 2020 has been as a whole, both in terms of what they've done inside the kayfabe and just generally how they've made us feel as fans, Sam. You know what I mean? You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. You know just just I mean? a little bit, of, little bit of a rank about... You know, everybody and, and what they're doing and that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to date this one, just in case anything we speak about is out of date, we are getting the Christmas content ready for Cultaholic Wrestling over the Christmas period. It is December the 9th, and it is the 11th anniversary of me passing my driving test. Wonderful. Wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very well, much. everybody at home, join in. Thank Send him a tweet. Congratulations. And there just in case you are keeping score at home, we have, of course, already done the Raw roster. We will be doing the AEW and NXT rosters after this one so we can see how many have are in the best tier on each one <laughs> and decide who has the best roster. Compare and contrast, Sam. To be honest, I'm just glad you're here doing this with me because my brain is like a sieve. Like, genuinely, I can retain random crap information, but you're going to be just bringing stuff up and I'll be like, oh, yeah. And yeah, it's it's gonna just be a lot of that. So <laughs> the drugs they take their toll, Sam. The drugs they, they take do, their toll. They do. I've really got to stop with the crack. And just in case we do miss somebody, miss your favourite superstar off the roster, blame Wikipedia. We go to Wikipedia because WWE.com, I find this in this line of work, they are awful at keeping their own roster page up to date. So we're on Wikipedia because, quite frankly, they are better and it is the best source of information in the world, as we know. But Sam, you do the intro, don't you? So, yeah. So, so play hit it, now. it Hit it, me. Yeah. So just in case you haven't been here before, we are here to put the SmackDown roster into the following set of tiers. We have the best, lovely, 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 all right, just about bearable, and getting the bin. I think there might be a few bin-worthy lads and lasses on this roster. Yeah, SmackDown's got uh, quite a lot of inconsequential booking, and because of that, quite a lot of inconsequential characters and character work. So 
Yeah, I think there's going to be... There's at least a few, I think, that are, are, are prime ready for the bin. Trash. Human yeah. trash. But we're kicking things <laughs> off with somebody who definitely is not human trash. We're kicking things off with Mr. Alistair Black, who, of course, started the year in the Royal Rumble, but he was eliminated by Seth Rollins. Then he was attacked by the UFC on Raw. He's involved in big singles matches with AJ Styles. He'd actually defeated AJ Styles at Elimination Chamber via DQ, but that was thanks to The Undertaker, who was in the midst of setting up the Boneyard match at WrestleMania 36. He, was, he defeated Bobby Lashley in a really inconsequential match at WrestleMania that did not belong on the WrestleMania card one bit. And there was even rumour, Sam, I found in my research for this Tierrank and Malarkey, and I think I spoke about a news video not too long ago, that Paul Heyman had Alistair Black in the conversation to defeat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 36. Because, of course, Heyman was the executive director of Monday Night Raw, and Alistair Black... It was in there with Drew McIntyre in the mixer as one of the names who could potentially beat Brock Lesnar. How weird is that to say? I mean, you can see it as well. You can see how it would work and you can see the build and you can see him standing tall over Brock's body, but they don't know what to do with him. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, he's massive and cool and has tattoos and he can kick you real hard and he's a bit evil. And instead, we had a whole phase of him... You know, I mean, Christ looked back to him waiting for somebody to knock on his door. Like a teenager. Like a teenager. Yeah. A movie teenager. sitting in his room and listen to Marilyn Manson <laughs> and, and have a cry. <laughs> but after WrestleMania, we it, it, the, the year just sort of petered out into nothing. And I yeah. guess that sort of coincides with Paul Heyman losing his role as the executive director of Monday Night Raw. Alistair Black failed to win. Money in the bank. Then we had the Rollins feud where he was sort of blinded but not blinded completely. He came yeah. back wearing a badass patch, which I think is a fantastic aesthetic. I yeah. love that patch, me. Yeah. It looks badass and gnarly. It suits the darkness. Eye patches are class. And yeah, it completely like sort of goes with and suits his character, but... Again, it, it, it always seems that they're like, oh, God, Alistair Black, and they remember that they've got him. And they're like, yeah, we've got this thing. We're going to, yeah. And then and then it's like, oh, a new shiny toy. And they just put him at the wayside. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, of course, sort of helping Ronald Mysterious, Mr. Ray Mysterio himself, yes. in, in fighting Seth Rollins at the time. But the, the injury to his eye then signified a heel turn. And then we had a couple of matches with Kevin Owens on Raw. And then everything stopped. Alistair was drafted to SmackDown where he finds himself today and he's doing sweet F.A., Sam. Sweet F.A. Yeah, I. It, it's just I've not had to, to grade him or talk about him at all to the point where I'd pretty much forgot that he'd been drafted across. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's... It's... Yeah, it, it just doesn't make any sense in my head. Like, he should be such a big deal. He's potentially another character wrestler up there. You know, not quite as wacky and out there as The Fiend, but maybe more like a ministry taker level of like evil darkness and all that stuff. And and we just sort of have him come on TV for a bit, go away, come back for a bit, get into a feud, go away, pay-per-view spot, go away. I'm saying is terrible. He, is he injured? There's something good. Of course, I guess we've got to put an asterisk next to this one, especially for his time on SmackDown. Because of yeah. course... They'll deny it. They've, of course they will. But the Zelina Vega situation has got to have played a part. Because nah. The, WWE? I know. Hey. It's ha- well, just, I'm guessing here. I'm not saying this with any sort of fact behind it. But WWE have a track record of being quite petty. And, of course, <laughs> Alistair Black is married to Zelina Vega. You don't, yeah. know, no, you don't need, me exp- need to explain what happened there. But as a year, in terms of highlights, the eye patch. The new theme. I quite like the new theme. It's not as good as the old theme. But no. the new theme's all right. But in terms yeah. of wrestling... 
I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's bearable. Bearable at best. So when I say street profits to you, Sam, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking of the current sort of tear they're going on on SmackDown, just building a bigger and bigger name for themselves, putting on some of the best matches of the night whenever they appear, like putting on some great promos, even boring back and forth stuff with like uh, Cesaro and Nakamura in the little sort of champions lounge type thing when they sort of took it over and everything. Like even that stuff, they just maximize every little bit of TV time they've had. Uh, and I think it's great that they're currently tag champs. Uh, sorry, Angelo Dawkins. I said to Black there. Angelo Dawkins, <laughs> should he be a heel? Because I think he should. I think he's the most annoying <laughs> man. When he comes on, Sam, every week and he starts going, yeah! <laughs> I'm thinking if you were a heel, that would fit your heel shtick quite wonderfully. <laughs> he just turns into was, a foghorn. <laughs> and then he was there taking the piss out of Bobby Roode's wonderfully dense beard while he yeah, stood there, it. Sam, with a gappy thing on his cheek. Yeah. Like a, like a, a slice of Swiss cheese <laughs> I compared it to. Um, so Angelo Dawkins could be a heel. Montez Ford, absolutely fantastic. We know that. Yeah. Arguably the most charismatic superstar in WWE today. Yep. For my money, the best frog splash of all oh, time. Yeah, the height, man. The height And that's gets. only because he, he, the height was already there, but he's also added in recent times the RVD sort of flip after the impact. Yeah. And that's taken it to new levels. Yeah, he's just, I think if there's anybody who's ready made to be a breakout star somewhere down the line, it's Montez Ford. Yeah. For sure. It has to be. But we're looking at there, yeah, in the ring, they lost the Raw Tag Team titles to Rollins and Murphy at Super yep. Showdown in Saudi Arabia. Then, of course, they had a rematch on Raw, which for some reason was a last chance final. You'll never get another tag team title shot ever again, <laughs> so you better bloody win. We sort of give the game away, but we got a, the crowd. Maybe that was the biggest pop of the year. I've got no idea. It feels like one of the biggest pops of the year. That Raw crowd went was radio rental. Yeah, I mean, there haven't been many pops this year. No, or... no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they then retained the titles against Murphy and Rollins at Elimination Chamber. They defeated Angel Garza and Austin Theory at WrestleMania. Then we had the feud with the Viking Raiders with the basketballs and the axe throwing and the golf and the bowling and the decathlon. And then it ended in a, in a bin, in a dumpster, which was quite fitting because while the idea, it was good on paper, I think I said this with Adam on the Raw Tier video speaking about the Viking Raiders, in the performance centre especially, everything felt the same. Because there was no crowd at the time. There was the yeah. same stationary sort of camera shot for the hard cam. They were limited in what they could do. So we're going to take one feud outside the performance center and try something different. I like the idea, but it was a shame about the execution. Shame That's about it, the yeah. Execution. It, was, it was a good idea, but ultimately it, it, it sort of stepped over that boundary into, you know, it was always going to be a bit cheesy, mm. but it sort of stepped over that line into just absolute, you know, full bore cheese. It was. Not my jam, but I see why they did it, and you've got to commend them for trying to do it, and you've got to commend the talents for sticking with it, because, Jesus, that must have been mental. But, yeah, it, it just didn't work. Yeah, certain bits were quite funny, but other bits just died a horrible death. And then coming out with that, they had another feud with uh, Garza and Andrade, uh, beat them at SummerSlam out at Clash of Champions. Then we move on to the New Day on SmackDown and what's happened there. We all saw that over the past... Last, uh, last little while heading into Survivor Series and that fantastic match at Survivor Series itself. So, lovely, 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 at least I reckon. Yeah, I would say, yeah, poss they're going to be up there in lovely, lovely, lovely for sure. I wouldn't quite put them at best yet. They're getting there, yeah. but not quite yet. And then we're moving on to Apollo Crews, who, if you were stood, uh, stood here at the start of 2020 and predicted his year, he has had a way better, th a way better year sorry, than you could have possibly predicted, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, he's always capable of just bringing it in the ring. And he's always entertaining to watch. The problem just seemed to be that they didn't really know 
what to do with him outside of those confines. But yeah, it's it's just I don't know. It, it, they 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 always take such a risk with bringing up talent when they don't really have anything solid for them. But mm. hopefully, this is going to turn around soon. So after doing uh, so after sorry I'm knackered here today. So after doing <laughs> absolutely nothing for a very long time indeed, he was sort of drafted to Monday Night Raw on the fly and announced his arrival to Monday Night Raw with a, a match against Alistair Black that lost uh, lasted 27 minutes and he won. Yeah, a new a new slice of aggression because the thing with um, Apollo Cruz, you've got to admire all the flips and all that stuff. But in, in yeah. terms of a character, there was never anything there to really get invested in. But now he rocked up on Monday Night Raw and he was showing all kinds of new aggression. I was thinking, go on, Apollo, you can do yeah. it. Go on, kick him harder. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> just. I think the way he was booked when he first came up and everything, he just seemed like a really good underdog character. That I think, you know, if if they framed it correctly, they could get people behind him. And hopefully this is, as you said, you know, we've had little glimmers of, glimmers of that. So hopefully we can parlay that into something much better. Um, and you're speaking about sympathy there, Sam. We had the kayfabe injury, which uh, sort of ruled him out of money in the bank, which was done to garner more sympathy and create more, yep. of a, more empathy towards Apollo Crews. Uh, he won the US title from Andrade on Raw, but then, uh, and he beat him at Backlash as well. Then we had the feud with MVP, which ushered in the brand new design for the US ta- uh, championship, with MVP saying, ah, I've got the real US title, this brand new lovely one yeah. here. Yours is out of date, now Apollo Crews, you horrible man. Um, he missed the horror show at Extreme Rules due to uh, COVID, of course, and that's when MVP declared himself as the real US champion. He then defeated MVP at SummerSlam to take the brand new title as his own. He then lost the title at Payback to Lashley, and then that's sort of it. He failed yeah. to get it back at Clash of Champions, and then he was drafted to SmackDown, and he's done nothing over the past month it's or so. Been, it was sort of like a nice little experiment, but now that he's with SmackDown... SmackDown's been weird since the draft anyway, because we, we usually on SmackDown, we'd have one big storyline running through it, because it's only two hours. So you'd have your, your main event storyline, like your Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and then everything else would be pretty inconsequential and just pay-per-view set up. But... Since we had the draft, we had that and the Mysterio storyline running parallel, which was just bullying everything else in the show into like smaller and smaller gaps. And I think a lot of people are just getting lost along the way. And hopefully Apollo isn't one of these people, but... I still think, because uh, while the, the wrestling was fantastic, as it always is, I say, with Apollo Crews, it's yeah. just that, that thing... That charisma that gets you really caring about what he's doing. Yeah. It's still, it was there a little bit more than it has been with the new aggression and what he was doing and obviously the angle it did with uh, Money in the Bank. But it's there's still something missing for me. It still, it still needs something else, I reckon. Yeah, it, it's sort of, I don't know, like, if he's, is he ready for the IC scene? Because that's logically the next step following the US title. And maybe that needs to be cleared up just a little bit more. Maybe we've got to give Sami Zayn a bit of a wide berth and let him... But then again, he wrestled Sammy recently, so he's in and around the IC scene right now. So, you know, who knows what the new year's going to bring? All right. I'd, I'd like to stick him in lovely, lovely, lovely. But, you know, as you've said, it's not quite there. So I think all right's the best place for him. If he's going to be in all right, though, he's going to be near the top for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's had a very decent year indeed. Yeah. And then we're moving on. To, I'm just going to say what I've got written down here, Sam, and I want you to tell me who I'm speaking about. Screwed out of WrestleMania when all the lasses ganged up on her and bullied her in the match. Screwed out of the SmackDown Women's title by Sasha Banks at Money in the Bank. Screwed out of a rematch even though she was cheated out of the SmackDown Women's Championship at Money in the Bank. And last but not least, she was screwed out of karaoke. Who am I speaking about, Sam? 
Are you are you speaking about uh, that there, Lacey? No. No. Are you joking? Who was screwed Sam? at ka- who was screwed at karaoke? It was Lacey that got screwed at karaoke, wasn't Absolutely it? Absolutely not, Sam Driver. It was Tamina. Tamina. I forget him. Tamina. I forget. She nailed it. She did I the for- game. No, she, she did the game. I tell you what happened, Sam. She start. <laughs> she picked a song with a really long intro, and before she could even say much of a word or barely even a sentence, maybe she was told to stop. Even though I think it was one of the Usos, wasn't it? It was MC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This karaoke. They were like, "You've got this set amount. Of t- I think it might be in forty seconds. I might be wrong there. You've got this set amount of time. Everyone's going to get the same amount of time. Do what you can in that period of time. I think she got she eighteen got time seconds to play the game out. I think yes. that's... Because she's like, cut off. (laughs) Terrible. Screwed out of everything so far this year. (laughs) It leaves a very sour taste in my mouth because, of course, Tamina is the conductor of the Tamina train. A lovely woman. Um, But where are we going for Tamina? Well, this is another (laughs) byproduct of the draft, real quick. Was obviously with that, as I was saying, with the two major storylines just jostling everything down. There were, there's been so many times where Tamina just doesn't get an entrance or Natty just doesn't get an entrance or like they'll just she'll just be very quickly disposed of at the start of a match and just not come back and for somebody who's given that much time to the company you know fair play she's not you know Sasha Banks or whatever but Come on! And the, the worst thing is, Sam, she tried to, to, to reinvent herself by giving herself a new gimmick. I don't know if you saw the video that she put out on her own Twitter that was quickly deleted soon after she put it live. So she was in some sort of, like, I think it was like some sort of padded room and she was like yeah. doing that sort of shtick. But she was obviously told to delete this thing that she created off her own back by That's herself. a shame. And she was, doing all these, she was doing all these fantastic promos in her own spare time and it was just like heartbreaking. Why weren't they on TV? I think one of them got used on a kickoff show for a, for a, a pay-per-view, but that was about it for but Tamina. I think the women's division could totally do with some more characters on the SmackDown side. Like, and something like that, like an unhinged Tamina, like almost Braun Strowman-esque, just sort of trashing everything and, and just dead set on one goal would be great. Because nobody's going to buy that Tamina's that strong. But she could just go do it. She could just crack on. It's She's picked. just had an appalling showing, and it's not her fault. And this it's, is the it's worst the part. Booking, Sam. It's the booking, Sam. It, uh, it's going to break my heart, this. We've got to put her in the bin. Because there's only one place to put her. <laughs> Sorry, Tamina. Not to bastardise these oh. these tier rankings. Because if it was up to me, Tamina, I know you're watching, of course, I would put you straight in the best. Because as I've listed there shafted so many times this year in the storytelling which doesn't make any sense whatsoever yeah. I get it if it was the Miz or somebody like that but this is Tamina but she they started could, a movement within the WWE universe Sam they could treat her in a, an almost final boss manner if they booked her right she's she's like big and powerful like you, you're missing something like that in Smackdown why, why don't we no right let's just crack on <laughs> Big E Sam Big E had a hell of a year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they, nobody really wanted to see the New Day be split up, but I mean, come on. Come on. The the brawl with Sheamus, like everything, the getting dropped into the windshield, the, the proper match they did in the parking lot, and like everything like that. I, I, I was sort of unsure as to how... I knew that it would kind of work, a Big E solo run, but I didn't know how the hell they were going to build to it. And then when they started throwing them into more and more scenarios like that, I was like, okay. And now it's sort of, it's just led to this massive push toward Big E essentially getting the title. 
Yeah, it's been a bit of a in weird year. <laughs> a bit weird, a bit of a weird year for New Day as a whole because obviously yeah. Xavier Woods has spent much of the year out injured. Kofi Kingston got a big back injury when he was and, put through the tables by and, Cesar. Uh, what? And Biggie's not in New Day anymore because Michael Cole said so. I can't believe he said that. We're sat here obviously on <laughs> December the 9th. So the smackdown before December the 9th, Michael Cole said that. That direct quote, Sam. Yeah. Of course they're on different brands, Michael Cole, but the New Day will never die. You are no, Never, never. I, uh, I just going to let you know here. I don't know if this is making noise. It doesn't seem to be. But I keep getting a little pop-up in the corner that's going, you need to update some updates. So it's not if made you, a single noise, Sam. If, that's good. That's good. Because I was going to say, if people at home can just hear like, then it's going to get really annoying. <laughs> no, but we'll go for Biggie's highlights for this year. Of course, he lost the SmackDown tag titles alongside Kofi Kingston at Super Showdown to Miz and Morrison. He then won the SmackDown titles for the New Day in a singles triple threat match. Of course, we had the other, th- the other halves of those three tag teams in a triple threat match, Miz yeah. and Morrison, Usos and New day at Wrestlemania potentially stole the show in my eyes then we had a rematch on Smackdown where Big E regained sorry the tag team titles for the new day they then lost the tag team titles to Cesaro Nakamura in that tables match where Kofi's back got effed up with that table spot off the turnbuckle horrible stuff yeah and then with Kinks now injured and Woods out injured Big E goes off on the singles run the stuff was Sheamus the car you've spoken about there they had a match of payback which uh, Big E won of course Falls Cat Anywhere match I think that's where the car thing happened wasn't it the Falls Cat Anywhere match I think so Um, and then Big E has sort of the role's been reduced over the past few weeks he's sort of in SmackDown a lot more, oh, well, sorry, a lot less often. Yeah, but they, they've given him a, a solo theme now. Uh, he was obviously last week. Obviously, sort of, uh, it's a very different week because it was the Pat Patterson Memorial match that he was a part of. So I guess booking was sort of just on hold. The only real story that was going on in that was Zayn and Brian. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that we're going to sort of start building towards something for the new year for him because you know Rumble and Mania are rapidly approaching. Biggie winning the Rumble would be... Oh, could you imagine? Oh. Oh, dear. Oh. That would be lovely, that. Oh. But Biggie, it's got to be lovely, lovely, lovely. But not as high as the Street yeah. Profits. No, I think he's he's had a good good year, but it's it's only really started to ramp up. And it's only really started to get to a point where it's like... Ooh. That's the thing as well, watching New Day tag team matches. When they are fantastic, we're sort of just like, oh, that's that's so good. Yeah, that's New Day. That's what they do. (laughs) Spoiled rotten by the New Day we have been over the last few years, haven't we? But now we move on to somebody who is officially listed as part of the SmackDown roster, Bo Dallas, who started the year by doing nothing. Then, of course, unfortunately, Curtis Axel was released from the company on that horrible, horrible evening back in April. His last match for the company was on Halloween 2019, a crown jewel, where the New Day defeated himself and Curtis Axel. And then apparently he's had some sort of personal issues going on in his his personal life at home. So hopefully he comes back stronger than ever. You forgot that he was Ember Moon. He was Ember Moon? Yeah, when Ember Moon returned and everybody was like, oh, it could be Bo Dallas. What? Oh, NXT. Yeah. Right. I never knew that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it but was I... like just browsing certain like online, like just like Reddit and Twitter and stuff. People were like, well, it could be Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas would be great. Go back. NXT, Bo Dallas, this will be. And then everybody, you know how it just goes. So nobody starts to question the original, it could be Bo Dallas. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, it's going to be Bo Dallas. Like, and it was just like that. 
I'll tell you what, maybe NXT, maybe NXT Bo Dallas coming back from the dead and just being oh. on NXT. Maybe that's the best way to go because he yeah. was absolutely fantastic back then. But this is a he's done out this year. So where do we do? We, do we go bin because by I, default. Uh, yeah, been by default, but it's not like a reflection on his his work or his character or his person or anything. It's just the fact that he's not done anything this year, so we can't really grade him for any work. So, in bin. Yep. Sorry, sorry, Bo. Sorry, Bo. It's a mercy killing. It's a mercy binning, not killing. I haven't killed him. Uh, Cesaro, who um, you just early on this... take them all out back after each tier video. <laughs> Cesaro, he defeated Braun Strowman in a three-on-one handicap match alongside Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura to win. The, well, Sami Zayn won the Intercontinental Title because he yeah. was, of course the man who got the pin fall. Um, sorry, does Zayn keep the title with that one? Have I got mixed up there? I can't. I, these I names are, are facing each other every week. So. <laughs> and then, of course, we move on to Nakamura, Zayn, and Cesaro, who we're speaking about here, of course, uh, feuding with yeah. Daniel, ba- uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, which then bled into WrestleMania, where Cesaro beat Drew Gulak on the WrestleMania 36 kickoff yep. show. Sami Zayn beat Daniel Bryan on the main card. Um, sorry, what am I talking about here? Who defeat? What have I written down here? I've got written down here. Defeated Drew Gulak on the Mania on the Mania pre-show, and yeah. then I've got lost to Jeff Hardy on the kickoff show. Money in the bank. It's a different show, Ross. It's a different show. The two different kickoff shows. He's the kickoff show showstopper. The kickoff show stopper. The kickoff show stopper. Yeah. Like Ryback used to be back in the day just before he went away. And then, of course, we had the feud with the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. The stuff with Kofi Kingston was spoken about there. Extreme Rules, they won the Tag Team titles, of course, from the New Day. And then we get to October just about because over the summer, I don't know if you can remember, but I can't remember them doing much. What? The Tag Team Champions on SmackDown. It- it's it just the champions, of, the champions lounge in the the, the early yeah, autumn, it, I guess. It, it just it all bled into like one big thing. So essentially, it started off really well. So you had like um, you had obviously the situation you were describing with Zayn putting himself first, and then that ticking off Cesaro and Nakamura, and then there being that little bit of ructions between them, and then they turn their back on him. I thought that would have imploded the group so that it would have been like all three going for each other or whatever. Or I, I was just banking on maybe Cesaro you know, just going and defeating Zayn and that all ending. But instead, we just it just trickled on and trickled on and trickled on. And then we had the debut of the Street Profits and it trickled on and it trickled on. And it, it's been so long, like, that these three have been in and around each other. And Cesaro has been putting on great matches, as you said, but the, there's, like, this mire in the middle of SmackDown with the, the tag division. And I don't know how they change it up or what they do, but it just seems that it's the same few teams it's the same couple of matches it's just everything but under a different name and it just it it does hamper the talent unfortunately it's not their fault but it does hamper them I think we need floating tag team champions in one division across two shows yeah but then it'll start the decline of the belts and then it'll end the brand split and then it'll get too convoluted and then we'll have another brand split and then it, it does until they can work out a way to do all of this without they're needing to be separate brands or a way to keep it fresh and uniform it's it's always just going to expand and contract and expand and contract and it, it's hard when there are so many gifted wrestlers and then you've got Cesaro who everybody just wants to, to have nice things and the company's like eh yeah <laughs> All right, is that fair? I think, it's down to the booking it more think, than anything. Because I think genuinely that Nakamura is going to be company for him. So it, it, it's yeah, I think it's all right. 
Yeah, it's 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 that's down to the booking though. It's 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 tag team yeah. wrestling. I don't know what it is with Vince McMahon about tag team wrestling in WWE, but he just doesn't give a toss, does he? He doesn't give a toss. No, it, we sort of see the tag team division bolster, and then it gets gutted, and then it gets bigger, then it gets gutted, and now we're in sort of like a downsizing phase, but at the same time, we've still got Ziggler and Rude, Cesaro, Nakamura, Street Profits now, and it, it's just... It's just and while the injection of the Street Profits here has led to some very exciting matches, it's it's just... You know, and then there'll be a six man to close out the show because why not? Yeah. Just that sort of stuff. Natalia Sam, who spent much, who by the way, aside from being really weird with her sister on YouTube, spent yes. much of the. <laughs> have you seen that stuff? I've I've seen enough Total Divas to know that she's weird with her sister. <laughs> so strange. I was I saw a post on Reddit the other day, and it was they're their, just lovely weirdos, aren't they? They're scantily clad, flogging the what the Christmas yeah. stocking stuffers. They're sucking on things. They're slapping each other's boobies. It's and Natty's just like cracking mam tier jokes the entire time. Yeah, like, it's, a, it, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's a weird flex. But apart from that, she spent much of the air on Monday Night Raw, of course. She lost to Liv Morgan on the WrestleMania kickoff show. Yeah. She then turned heel uh, when she teamed with Morgan, but then turned on her after WrestleMania, claiming she got given no respect. It's, that's the classic heart line, isn't it? Like, <laughs> did you know she's related to Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil? I my heart? didn't. I did not. I can't believe I missed that with the pink and the screeching guitar yeah. and everything. And then we had a short feud with Shayna Baszler where for some reason Natalia thought it was a good idea to challenge the submission magician to a submission match on it, Monday Night Raw. Well, it, it does It does sort of work. You know, Hart Family Dungeon, the, the most feared, shooty training school in wrestling. Like, if they built it properly and Natty hadn't have been suffering from years of just lackluster booking going into it, it could have been fantastic because you'd have a genuine MMA fighter and a genuine, you know, trained shooty wrestler. And the the only problem there is that I don't know if Vince very much enjoys catch wrestling. So I imagine on paper he'd be like, this is great, we're going to do all this, and then see the first match and be like, where's all the excitement? And it's, yeah. Yeah. That, that, it's a shame Shayna wasn't around in like 2012 or something like 2011, 2010 yeah. when Natalia was freshish, freshish, yeah. and sort of not hampered by years of losses. Yeah, <laughs> I know she's it's... the most winningest superstar in the female history of WWE, but she, she, I don't. She, it's weird to look at things. It's almost in like a longevity thing now, isn't it? It's it. I know Rather she's obviously a... there because she is a fantastic professional wrestler. And she's there to make the new lasses look good because she yeah. can, and that's what she's there for. But in terms of kayfabe. When on a very recent SmackDown, she was tapping out Bailey. I did not know where to turn and who to speak to. Yeah, but the, the last week's SmackDown, Bailey goes for the sharpshooter at like the two minute mark in the match. Natty gets the sharpshooter at like the two minute 30 mark of the match. Tap. Match done in under three minutes. And it's just. It's what Natalia. are you doing? I don't what understand. Do you it's Natalia. She's done. She's like Ziggler. She's just as a character. It's, she's done, in my opinion. And like the thing is, they they sort of teased something recently though with it, and it was like Adam Pierce, who's become the sort of the de facto. I don't want to say dog's body, but you know, he, he sort of he goes round and he 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 does the bidding of of the company, and it's like, well, we need to get a contract signed. Adam, can you go do it? And he'll he'll be like, yeah, and he goes and sorts it. So he's not really an authority figure if you haven't been watching SmackDown. He's just sort of like a company guy, but. He he had one choice for each of the men's and women's team for SmackDown for Survivor Series, and Natty had failed twice to get into the team, 
and he gave the spot to somebody else. And there was glimmers of Natty getting annoyed and it maybe being a little heel turn. And and it just... Gone. That's the tally, yeah. I, but then we had a, a really it, short it, few... How much of it's Natty and how much of it's the book? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's Natalia's booking. I get, it, yeah. it happens so often. She's just there, and then she goes away, then she comes back, and yeah. then she loses a few, and then she wins one and loses some more. It's yeah. weird. But then we have a short few with Mickey James, a short partnership with Lana where there were social influencers or TikTok people or something like that. Then, of course, we had the 25 chances to qualify for Survivor Series, and now we get to her, as I say, we're sat here on December the 9th recording this, the SmackDown before. This week, she defeated Paley clean, with a sharpshooter, a to clean help, tap out. To help further Bailey and Bianca Belair's storyline. Nothing it's to Sam, do with her. I swear <laughs> to God, Bianca Belair had to have missed her cue to get involved in that match somehow. Because Pamela, I'd looked at this stat, she has lost nine straight matches on the main roster. And you're thinking, probably, they're going to be building up Bianca Belair to defeat Bailey yeah. because then, obviously, defeating Bailey, who held the SmackDown women's title yeah. for 390 million days, whatever it was, that's an impressive thing. But Bailey is going to lose every single match between now and that match to the point where it's not going to matter because Bailey yeah. will have lost like 12 and, matches in a row. But then but then we get to something where it's like, I don't know, it, it's, it's just proper... <sighs> Can you keep that booking going and then have Bailey cheat or pull out, you know, some sidekicks to help her retain without it getting worse? Or like how... <sighs> We're here to speak about Natalia. Where's Natalia yeah. going? <laughs> Uh, I think, unfortunately, Natty's going to have to be in. I don't want to throw her in the bin. I do. But it's it's probably the bin, because I think she hasn't done anything to be even just about bearable. She just seems to be used like a, a tool. They just go, throw She's... her in there, like, go get a win over Natty, go get a win over this person, go steamroll Tamina, and then you've got the three wins under your belt and you can face this person. That's the thing. She has a role now. She's a fantastic wrestler. She's there to make other people look good, and she does a good job at doing that. But in terms of what she's done to really captivate us fans, I don't think there's been anything there this year worth speaking it's, about. So I reckon the bit, a... maybe we'll put bearable because she's had some fair, fair matches. I think yeah, it was we'll like I mean, bearable. I think I'll throw just just for the bearable thing. I'll throw in the little back and forth with Pierce and the, the potential tease of something, which then evaporated, which shows that it's not just Nai. Yeah, and then we're moving on to Chad Gable, who of course started this year as Shorty. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Shorty G, and he had a feud with Sheamus because Sheamus is a big man, and Shorty G was a short man. He was embracing his shortness. And he didn't just feud with Sheamus that. over that. Well, I know we had King, Co- we had everything, <laughs> and of course we had the stuff with King Corbin, which coincided with a Shorty G heel turn because he wants all of that their money. King Corbin, yeah. of course, had a ransom on riddles. Head and Shorty G. That's a thing I do on WTF now. So. Yeah, I, uh, um, I cut the I cut the raw one yesterday. I, I enjoyed the mm, Dan on throwback. Mm, Dan on. <laughs> That's because he's got M on his gear, Sam. And what could that possibly mean? It McDonald's. can't be mad. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, Shorty G wanted a slice of King Corbin's purse. That's not a euphemism before you start, you dirty bastards. And then, of course, he stopped calling himself Shorty G after a massive loss to Lars Sullivan. And now he's creating the Alpha Academy with a horribly fantastic logo. Have you seen this close-up, Sam? I, I've seen the flyer. 
I haven't. I, I just saw that it was really generic and like is red a, and white. And there is white. a lovely detailed picture on Google Images where you will see that Shorty G's leg, sorry, his entire leg, just pierces the back of the eagle's head where it just shouldn't do that. <laughs> and then he's got he's got the severed head, Sam, of Fandango under his arm. Oh, why? Stunning. It's fantastic. Why not? Why not? <laughs> the the thing was about that that turn. So the the Shorty G thing, I guess, like. It started off with the best intentions. So he was getting called it, um, and then he embraced it. And it was like, you know what? Like, don't give power to bullies. Like, fair enough, I'm short, whatever. But you've got to love yourself for who you are. And just because you're short or just because people bully doesn't mean you can't do what you want to do. doesn't mean you can't do the things you love. Which, when you consider that wrestling is for kids, primarily with WWE, it's aimed at a younger audience. That's brilliant. Beautiful little message to send out there. But it just everything about it, the basketball gear, like it, it, none of it made sense. And then there was the feud with Sheamus and it was, yeah, because it was like, I'm big, you're short. And it was literally just that, like proper 80s style. And, and then we had the same thing with Corbin. And then I think there was just a, another one-off match with Sheamus before the draft. And we just went back to that. And then now he's Chad Gable again. And that promo where he was like, oh, like throwing that all away. I'm going to be Chad Gable again. Like Chad Gable's the only man that can, that can, you know, push me forward and help me achieve my dreams. But like the Alpha Academy stuff's interesting, but I didn't think they were going to like just double down on the heel Gable straight away. <laughs> He's a fantastic heel, because if you go back to NXT in 2015, I yeah. say it all the time on this channel, but he honestly, he gave Jason Jordan some charisma, some character. Yeah. Just the way he played off Jason Jordan. He's got that knack, that thing where certain professional wrestlers know the humour of professional wrestling. I think they need to let him express himself a bit more on SmackDown, and hopefully yeah. the, the Alpha Academy with Otis being his first student. Well, those two are, are good pals in real life, so hopefully that'll just be the start of some great things for Shorty, uh, Sorry for Chad Gable on SmackDown. It works quite nicely because he's, he's being nefarious with Otis as well because obviously what happened was, if you haven't been watching, Otis like is down on his luck but he finally gets a win back and Chad Gable's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's the Otis you need to bring out every time and I can help you bring that Otis out and it's almost like a self-help fitness type, almost like Simon Dean, I guess, but not like, like a little bit more sinister. But Otis is like, yeah, this is cool and it's all like happy high five and smiley. Otis walks off and Gable's like, yeah, we just need to see more of it. We've just seen yeah. it's been a few weeks, hasn't it? Since, as we're sat here now, and nothing really has happened. But um, it's the bottom two tiers for me for Shorty G slash Chad Gable, I, and and hopefully I, that changes this time next year because hopefully Alpha Academy becomes this thing that becomes a real focal yeah. point on SmackDown. Well, this he is, is uh, funny, and he is a good wrestler. He's got everything. <laughs> I think he, I think he has to go unbearable simply because he stuck that Shorty G crap out, and he's now doing something that has the potential. You know, it could just completely be erased next week on SmackDown or whatever, but it has the potential to be something at least interesting. At least, at the very least, interesting. And Otis is a great character to play off the dynamic with those two. So, yeah, I think bearable. Yeah, I think bearable. He's had a couple of stand-up performances. I think we have the, the pre-show Battle Royale Survivor Series, and I'm sure yeah. there's, there's more on top of that as well. But next up, we're going up with Daniel Bryan, who started the year, of course, 
In the same feud he ended 2019 with against Bray Wyatt, he lost a strap match to The Fiend at the Royal Rumble, then he feuded with Drew Gulak for a short period of time, and then that feud in where Gulak was like, I can see some holes in your game, Daniel Bryan, let's have a wrestle. That then turned into a partnership, and then the stuff we talked about earlier with the Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania, um, he lost that of course, and then he lost in the finals of the Intercontinental title tournament over the summer to AJ Styles, he then had that big defeat, that big clean defeat to uh, Jay Uso on SmackDown after a little time away from the ring and now he's been sort of involved in the upper echelons of the card on Smackdown getting involved with Roman Reigns and obviously Jey Uso once again yeah. and stuff like that it's been a it's, it's been a weird year for Daniel Bryan inside the ring hasn't it Sam yeah he's sort of he's just done it all kind of he's it's he's been, been good there. and it's been bad yeah it, it's he's had some standout moments he's had some pretty forgettable just you know one-off type deals it, it's the thing is with him, it's Daniel Bryan and he does maximise everything that he's given and he often does it to the best of his ability but the the whole thing with The Fiend having his hair cut off and all of that stuff and then building through the strap match was arguably a little bit... I hate strap matches. Yeah. it's I like them but it, I think it's very rare that they're done in a way where you know, you, you come out of it going, oh, that was really cool. Because often, or more often than not, it's it's the same five, six spots you'd see in, uh, you know, every other strap match ever. Uh, just postponing these updates again. There we go. <laughs> what about you? What's your opinion of of his, uh, of his 2020? As you say, there's the standout moments, and then there's a lot of nothingness. I don't know. I think, did he have a kid this year? I believe he did, yes. Yeah, so maybe that, yeah. A, long, a long time away from the ring because of that. The haircut is a, is a welcome upgrade. I think it looks fantastic with yeah. his haircut, which, by the way, is the same haircut the Miz had back in 2017 or something <laughs> like that. So that feud is still very much alive, everybody. Well, we gotta we got to thank uh, Wyatt for that, don't we? Because he accidentally cut off too much hair under the ring. <laughs> and it led to the head being shaved, which has given us new sexy Daniel Bryan. Yeah, suave. But um, I think it's all right. I think... Or is that too harsh? Because we did have a few matches... This, this, the stuff with Gulak, I remember being a highlight, but just in the ring because well, I like wrestling, and they started, did wrestling well. It started getting really good again, though, because of everything with Jay, and Jay attacking him, and then and then the, jumping him again the other week backstage, and then it led to last week, uh, sorry, was it last week or two weeks ago, the main event, with like the, the sort of face-off and everything. But it, it, I think that alone has elevated it to to lovely 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 for me but maybe it's too early to say that yeah it's it's should we go top of all right as a, as a I think as top a, of all right for now we might review it as we go on because obviously you know things will start falling into place yeah. and he might not fit somewhere as a Daniel Bryan yeah it's not been one of the better ones but it's still been okay it's still had yeah. its highs um so next up moving on to Pamela who are just I'm just going to put her straight in the top yes 100% uh, she is such an annoying heel Every single time she comes out to commentary, I just want to stick a knitting needle through my ears. <laughs> like, it, it's... she. She's just... I mean, heel Bailey was something that I think everybody knew would work, but the way it's been building and the work with Sasha and just retaining and, and, and using Sasha in that way and then having it all turned back on her and... Yeah. 
it, it's it's been great. She had the SmackDown Women's Championship record-breaking reign thingy me bob, which bled over, or of course, the new year and into this year, where she defeated Lacey Evans at the Rumble, Naomi at Super Showdown, four lasses at WrestleMania, because of course Dana Brooke was ruled out through COVID. Then she yep. screwed Tamina at Money in the Bank, or I should, I should say Sasha Banks screwed Tamina on behalf of Bailey. Then we had the feud with Nikki and Alexa Bliss, where Sasha and Bailey sort of stuck the the knife between those two best pals um, and sort of started their dissension to break up and go their separate ways uh, and of course that feud saw them win the women's tag team titles the Boston yep. Connection once again then we had a series of the matches against Nikki Cross where Nikki Cross kept getting shots at uh, the Smackdown women's title maybe one too many just based off you know she kept losing why did she keep getting shots Sam? yeah I, I really don't like that about WWE it, it's just constantly I mean, it's one of the biggest complaints, isn't it? It's like, oh, I've lost 12 matches in a row, but here's a title shot. Hey, if it's good enough for Randy Orton, it's good enough for everybody else, isn't it? But then we have uh, the, lo- the the Boston Oak Connection losing the tag team titles to Nia and Shayna Baszler. And then after so many hints and teases every single week, I don't know about you on Grey, that I would stand here on WTF going, there's another little thing that's hinting at Sasha turning yeah. on Bailey, but then whoopsie diddles, they pulled the carpet from under our feet. Somehow, in my head, it was actually Bailey who turned on Sasha, of course. Then we had uh, uh, Asuka defeated at SummerSlam, had a clash of champions. Then we came on to Hell in a Cell, and that was just great as well. And Pamela firmly deserves her spot in the top tier there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's possibly been the biggest standout year of Bailey so far because it's just been so interesting to watch heel Bailey develop. Uh, and I think if you go back to the original run of heel bailey when it first started uh the the contrast is huge now she's so comfortable in the character and she's just embracing it fully and yeah i mean turning on sasha was so good it was so good and then we move on to dolph ziggler who lost to mansoor at super showdown but of course he did because that is the most fantastic streak alive in professional wrestling today the tag team with bobby uh, bobby rude they did a robert rude i should call him now they yes. competed inside the elimination chamber in the tag team championship chamber match uh, with rude forced to stay in canada off zigglypuff went on a singles run which took us to Wrestlemania and the entire Otis thing with Sonya getting involved with the text message and the meal that didn't happen and all of that horribleness that built up to a fantastic tear-jerking Wrestlemania moment. Excuse me. Coming out of Wrestlemania where, of course, Ziggler lost to Otis and then lost Mandy as well. He lost uh, Otis once again in the Money in the Bank qualifying match. Then we moved on somehow to Dolph Ziggler uh, challenging Drew McIntyre. And, of course, while the story was there because they were a tag team for, was it all of 2018 on Monday Night Raw against Seth Rollins and whoever Rollins was with? Yeah, the story was there, but it was great to see uh, uh, Ziggler after so many losses and fresh off a defeat to Otis at WrestleMania getting a a WWE Championship shot. The match at the Horror Show at Extreme Rules was a good match, but, of course, he was never going to win, was he? So maybe that was slightly hampered by that predictableness. Is that fair? I think I think he's got a curse of like the curse of being a very 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 good set of hands. Yeah, it's like, like Natalia. He's, yeah, he's he's like you put him in there, you know you're going to get a great match. Like provided that they've got enough time to go through it and there's some exciting moments, the crowd are hot for it. Ziggler can really bust it out. The guy is is great, but I think because he's so capable of of just working with people, he's often put in it or it feels like he's often just put into everything. And so, I mean, because after all of this amazing stuff you're talking about, where's he now? He's Back in the SmackDown Tag Team Championship yep. picture, Sam. Yep. 
It looks like the Dirty Dogs, I think they're calling themselves on Twitter. Robert Root and Dolph Ziggler, what a fantastic name that is. They're going to get a shot at the Street Profits, potentially, as we're sat here on December the 9th at TLC. Although we'll have to see where that one goes. I wouldn't be too surprised if that was a multi-tag team yeah. affair. They uh, the way things are building, sort yeah. of like a multi-thing. Yeah. So... But yeah, we've had just a series of inconsequential matches, really. I think he was playing Pat Patterson on the most recent SmackDown to us sat, in, uh, us sat yeah. here, where he was getting all the baby faces ganging up on him and doing all that stuff. Um, but Dolph Ziggler, it's been... Obviously, the match at the Horror Show at Extreme Rules was fantastic. I think he played his role in the Otis feud very well indeed. Him oh, and Sonya yeah. were fantastic yeah. together, especially Sonya. I miss Sonya. Me, she's fantastic. Although she's yeah. got a lovely new dog. I think it's called Demon. It's a beautiful new oh. like Rottweiler puppy, and it's called Demon. She's having the best time. Yeah. Just new puppy. Everything will be great. I'm sat here editing videos and onto my fourth cup of coffee. I'm going to have a heart attack by Christmas. It could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> but Ziggler is a weird one because he has, while it has sort of petered out into a traditional sort of Dolph Ziggler nothingness period of time as we're sat here now, he's had some big moments this year. Yeah. I mean, primarily the Otis feud was just gold. I mean, he played it up so well. Every single time he came onto the screen, you just wanted to throttle him. Like, even now when he's making fun of Otis and stuff, it's still the little, you know, the embers are just there, just just gently burning away. Uh, and maybe we'll get a definitive, you know, return to that. But I, I, I just, I don't know. It's It's been such a good year. Now he's on cooldown. I think, I think lovely, lovely, lovely. You know, yeah. So I'm just looking. I, I, I was going to say, looking at the all right tier, we've got Daniel Bryan in there, underwhelming year for his standards. Apollo Cruz, while it's been better than most years, he's on the main roster. It's still yep. a bit underwhelming. Cesaro, he's in there as well. I think, I think Ziggler's been involved in more prominent things than those three put together. Yeah, put him in, put him in, lovely, lovely, lovely. There you go, Dolph. The character's dead, but you're fantastic all the same. And now we're moving on to Dominic Mysterio, who, of course, was um, introduced to us in 2019 by getting thrown around by Brock Lesnar yeah. on Monday Night Raw. It was horrible. Then we went to Survivor Series, of course, and that wonderful double 619 on Lesnar, which was just, oh, it was amazing. Then we get to yeah. this year's, what he's, what's he been doing in 2020? He got involved with the Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins feud. He was getting slapped in the back of the head by his hood on his ring gear. <laughs> Like, Why for, did that stay on in that match? That was a baffling call. It, 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 it irritated me the entire time because every <laughs> single time I'm watching him do anything, it was just going flat, flat, flat. And he just constantly got in the way. Like I don't know how he didn't catch it or garrot himself. I was like, every time it got near something, I was like... <laughs> yeah, so initially uh, Dominic saved Alistair Black. Or was saved by Alistair Black, sorry. Yeah. And then that in turn led to Alistair Black getting his eye buggered with. And that in turn led to SummerSlam where we had a street fight between Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins, and that was just great. And then we got Mysterio, or Dominic, I should say, paying his dues because, you know, it's the professional wrestling business and you have to do these horrible things because old men backstage will say you're soft and don't respect them or something. Um, he got 30 horrible kendo stick shots from, oh. Mud, uh, from Murphy and Seth Rollins on Turned his Tied his up back in the ropes. Oh, it, was, it was hard to watch, but he, oh. he he survived and he prospered. So more power to you, Dominic. Uh, then we had a cage match with Seth Rollins, of course. And then we had the stuff going over to, which started on Raw, of course, but now bleeding over to SmackDown after the draft with uh, Murphy and Aaliyah, uh, who... <laughs> it's it's it, it, I don't know if it's weird for me because I nitpick everything, Sam, but it was just weird to see Dominic going, it's completely fine, Murphy, that you had a hand in blinding my dad and you're shagging <laughs> my sister. Come in, me family. 
I don't know if it's just because I'm a worse human being than Dominic, but I'd be saying, bugger off, Murphy. You've done enough. I don't want to be with you. Yeah, it, it, it just, it's quite odd. And then we had the weird, like, jumping up the other week on the, the side when he's supposed to be facing it to fear it in a match. But, yeah. like, the, the Murphy situation, I think we're, we're all just sort of glad that that's moving forward now because it had been such a prominent thing approaching on the horizon and it just seemed like it was never going to get here. But that's, you know, we're, we're past the end of that, hopefully, now. Things are moving on, but... Yeah. I don't know where they're going to take this. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but you've got to know that Dominic's going to be featured, and so far he's not really disappointed. I can't believe they haven't already. I guess credit to WWE, I should say, for holding off, because I think we all we all would like to see Rain Dom win the tag team title. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe sure. that's a WrestleMania moment that could happen oh, at WrestleMania 37. 100%. So I guess well done to WWE for holding off on that, because I, I still want to see it happen, even if they are... I compared them to acting like um, the toys in Sid's back garden in Toy Story <laughs> One, with uh, King Corbin on a Smackdown, a, a Smack two Smackdowns ago as we sat here. Yeah. But I think Dominic, for it being his debut yet, well, his, pro- his first proper debut year in terms of doing in ring stuff and having yeah. matches and whatnot, I think it's lovely, lovely, lovely. I think he's knocked it out the park. Well, this I was not expecting it. Like I knew that he was going to be pretty good because I mean. He's, he's from very, very good stock. <laughs> uh, he's from legendary stock. But like, I mean. Like, I don't, I don't, like, he, he's he's just taken on all of the abilities of Ray, and he's only going to get better. Mm. Like, he could be a huge deal for many, many, many years to come, and we're just at the ground floor right now, and he's already impressing, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just love that story when he got backstage at SummerSlam, and he was embraced by Vince, and Ray was there watching. Oh! <laughs> Brings a tear to your eye, so it does. But speaking of, Ronald, now we're speaking about Rey Mysterio himself, who started the year having a series of fantastic matches against Andrade on Monday Night Raw. Yep. And then when Andrade got a suspension for um, for buggering up the wellness policy kind of thing, what's the term they use for filling the... for uh, Breaking the wellness breaking policy. Breaking the wellness policy. Violating. That's violating. That's violating. That's the, the one, Sam. That's why you're here with your brain. <laughs> Um, Angel Garza stepped in and Ronald Mysterious fought him on a few occasions. Then we had that match, and I say that match because I don't know if you remember, Sam, that match with MVP on Monday Night Raw, where I thought MVP was done because it was a horrible match where MVP yeah. looked like he couldn't keep up with Rey Mysterio. He was getting 6 one nine to the back. I think I remember you talking about this. I don't think I've seen the match in full, but I think you'd, you'd sent the highlights through and stuff. But yeah. It, it, yeah. It's weird to see how they came through that pair because I don't know if it was predominantly one person the other's fault, but it was just a mess. And it was like, oh, maybe these two old lads have lost it, but clearly not because Rey Mysterio has not neither as MVP as he's yeah. proven the rest of this year. Then we get onto the whole Seth Rollins stuff with the eye, um, which, if anything, I know we can laugh at the the ping pong ball and all that, but it proved that Rey Mysterio can still do it at the very highest level. It was supposed to be gorier. I want to know what it was. I really want to see what it was supposed to be, you know, if it was going to be a lot gorier. But it's at least Ray's sticking to it. At least Ray still has the eye covered. I know we're just out the back of that. He's probably going to go and get a miracle eye surgery and come back without it. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's at least carried itself forward and thereby made a mark in the storyline. So at least it achieved something. But I'm just thankful that it's all kind of done because it was... I mean, hokey isn't the word because hokey doesn't go far enough. Yeah, that, the, the the way to win that match was to remove your opponent's eyeball. Yeah. Ah. Uh, referees just stood there going, 
Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a fair match, lads. All the best to you. Um, but then coming out with that, of course, then we get into the soap opera stuff involving his daughter and yeah. his son and Murphy. And, poor, it's a hard, it's a, it's a weird one because the wrestling has been fantastic. It's, it's, yeah. He hasn't lost a step, Rey Mysterio, I reckon. But the booking and the stipulations and the, just the downright silliness of most things he's been involved with this year, does that yeah. hamper his, his, uh, his tier ranking here? It's. I, I don't think certain things have helped as well, like some of the scenarios that he's been putting in backstage promos. There was one like the other week where he was furiously trying to ring Aaliyah and Dominic pops up and he's like, Dad, what are you doing in your normal clothes? You've got a match next. And he's like, go get my gear. And so Dominic turns around and literally takes a step and then Corbin jumps him and Dominic just keeps walking away as if he's not going to hear that behind him. Um, but I, I think... If it's going to hamper him, it can't hamper him by much. It's been going on long enough, but now it's now it's done. Now we can move forward. But I, I do think that the longevity of that storyline, it just got tiring, didn't it? It did get tiring. So where do you reckon he should go? I, I think he's just going to be in all right. Is he a tier below his son? I'd say so, because Dominic's impressed more. We know that Ray can already do that. It's still impressive that Ray can still do it though. After, oh God, yeah, yeah. After thirty years in the business and yeah, all the knees he's had over the years, the different <laughs> knees, poor <laughs> bastard. Um, but I guess all oh, it's, it's a it's a hard one. I will get. It's some, tough to put him there because we'll it's Ray Mysterio. But yeah. I, I I don't know. I just don't think he's had a good a year as his son. I think that's fair as well. Dominic has impressed a lot, and then we we've got to speak about Aaliyah. She's on the roster. Um, yeah. She loves Buddy Murphy and. I think she's not as robotic as someone in her position might be. We had that woman. Oh, yeah. What was she yeah. called? That woman off the telly who was with Angel Garza for a long time. I've forgotten her name completely here. I do apologise for that there, woman I off the telly. Remember. I can't she remember. She was robotic. Name. She was making up words that don't belong in the dictionary. Oh. She was having a weird time. Um, whatever she was... Was it off The Bachelor or something like that on Monday yeah, Night Raw? Yeah, I can't... Whatever she I, was called. I know who you're on about. Aaliyah could be as bad as her, but she's nowhere near as bad as her, and I think that's credit to her. Yeah, like she, she seems natural in all of the segments, everything. I mean, you're going to be a little deer in headlights when it first starts, but she seems to have gelled into the role nicely. Everything, you know, it, it's just sort of going ahead. She's in the middle of this family feud. It's quite Romeo and Julietti in the way that, you know, it's somebody who's betrayed, you know, as an enemy of the family. And, and it wrestling is hokey and it's full of this sort of stuff. And, and I don't think it's been as bad as quite a lot of the romance angles in terms of how it's been delivered. Um, but yeah, she's the standout. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com of this I think out of all of that story she's the standout now this is hard because she's done she's done stuff but she's not done a lot yeah um, she's so, she's like a she's a personality rather than a performer is it a slap in the face to Alistair Black Natalia and Shorty G slash Chad Gable if we put Aaliyah in alright no because I think that you wouldn't like as I said she's she's more of like a, a an on screen personality rather than a like a, a, an in ring talent so I think as long as we make that clear, we're not saying she's as good as these people at wrestling uh, or anything. Context is key here, everybody. As long as we make it clear that she's sort of filling comments, a managerial role here. I then, can see the yeah. comments now already, Sam, going, Aaliyah above Alistair Black. Get it. Oh, you can't WWE be right WWE shills. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, put her in all right. I guess it's it's a weird one to rank because, we, as we say, she's, well, she's, she, hasn't, she hasn't like she hasn't completely... You know, messed up or anything at any point. She's she's hardly been you know front and center and like you know closing the show with a promo. So she's not <laughs> going to have any moments like that where she can really shine if she does have that mic ability. We don't really know that yet. So I think yeah, it's just middle of the table. Yeah, she, she when when she was telling her dad, Dad, I love that man. I don't care what you say, and then stormed <laughs> off. That was that belonged in Coronation yeah. Street. That and that's that's a, that's a compliment, by the way. I love yeah. Coronation Street. Mate. It's a big anyway. part of wrestling, soap opera. So I can't wait to read the comments about how we've got Aaliyah above Alistair Black. You can just save you, yourself, you save your dirty, fingers. Why not? Dirty shill. Um, Jay Uso, an interesting one. He returned in with... the best, 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 best. I can't argue with that, Sam. But for the purposes of the viewers, I'll go through his 2020 <laughs> highlights. Uh, he returned at the start of the year sporting a mullet. Already, for that alone, he should be in the best. He yeah. helped Roman Reigns in an attack from Corbin and Ziggler. And, of course, he would go on to help Roman Reigns defeat King Corbin at the Royal Rumble. Um, he challenged for the SmackDown Tag Team titles inside the Elimination Chamber, which, of course, was won by Miz and Joe Moe. And then Jimmy, unfortunately, buggered his knee in that great ladder match at WrestleMania. And that's where we sort of... Jimmy went... For a yeah. while there, he didn't do too much, but then bloody hell, when main event Jay Uso was when Jay Jay Uso did nothing for a while, sorry, but when main event Jay Uso was born, he hasn't looked back. I I can't believe this, like I can't believe it. And when he delivered that promo to Roman, where he's like, you know what they say when they look at me, they say they ask which one are you, and I was like, oh god damn, like it. it that's it. Like he completely sealed his fate there. 
And like, he deserves that. And the promo work's been excellent, like at the minute with him bubbling away behind Roman, Roman's bossing him around. And you can tell that he's completely conflicted and his mind is just being completely twisted and warped. And Roman's like beating him with one hand and like pulling him closer to him with the other. And it, it, it's, he doesn't know what to do. And it, it's some of the best character work we've seen in WWE in a hell of a long time. And this all started, of course, with Big E getting an injury on SmackDown. Jay took E's place in the Fatal 4-Way match with the winner facing Roman Reigns, the Clash of Champions, which, of course, Jay Uso won. Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns was on a Clash of Champions where Reigns won via TKO because Jimmy came down and threw in the towel. What a bastard. Yep. Then we get to Hell in a Cell and whatever... What's the word to describe that match? Because it was fantastic, but it was so different from any sort of Hell in a Cell match we've seen before, just due to the, the sheer drama. The it was acting. like it was more like wrestling as performance, like rather than than in ring prowess. It was it was more like it was what would happen if you took a storyline and made it a match rather than having the storyline surround the match. Mm. It it was very story heavy, and I I remember watching it going, "This is unbelievable!" But like kicking the show off for this. Like that—that's a big, big commitment, and it, the luckily, like luckily, it worked. But I mean, they've just not looked back, have they? Not no. a single one of them. And of course, there was massive ramifications in that Hell in a Cell match because if Jay didn't, well, if Jay lost, he had to fall in line, of course, and help his brother Roman Reigns. But if he didn't fall in line, all future generations of the Usos would have been banned from coming round to Roman Reigns' house for Christmas dinner. Yeah. Jey Uso's great, 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 great grandchild wants to go around to Roman Reigns for Christmas dinner because, of course, Roman Reigns will still be alive by then. I've just figured well, it out. Would have been turned away, wouldn't he? I've just what? figured it out. This is figured. this is going to happen again, and that's going to be a stipulation, and and Jay's going to lose, and everybody's going to get banned, and it's going to be the feud for every WrestleMania until twenty one hundred. What would that be called? That feud. The the just cousin. the bloodline for you the, the, uh, the bloodline for you yeah. um, and then we get on to, to the, the real sort of push of main event Jey Uso where he's main event in all these smackdowns in a row he's beating the likes of Daniel Bryan and then he's sort of as you say at the, at the start of the discussion here about Jay, he's really conflicted it looked like he was falling in line at one point and then all of a sudden Roman Reigns is being a dick to him because Jay keeps sort of stepping out the line and putting his foot in it but he's um, he's only doing it just because he thinks that he's that's defended what Roman the family wants. Yeah, and it's what Roman it. wants and when Roman sort of left him high and dry last week at the time of recording and then he came out attacked Owens after the bell and then attacked Jay and it, again it, it's like he, he's just beating the crap out of his cousin and then pulling him in closer because Jay doesn't want to upset Roman like that anymore. Mm. And it's it's going to come to the point where he's more and more timid and just broken. And then Jimmy's going to have to do something about it. Bloody Jimmy, yeah. And speaking this is going to be so good. And speaking of Jimmy, we've got to sort of rank Jimmy, although it's a hard one to do because, of course, he returned at the start of the year like Jay did uh, after some personal issues outside of the ring. Uh, yep. Got involved in the King Corbin feud with Roman Reigns. Then we had the stuff with the amazing Joe Mo and Ziggler and Rude. Corbin and Ziggler, all the stuff at Wrestle, the fantastic WrestleMania, <laughs> yeah. triple threat ladder match, where he injured his knee, and then he's yeah. just been out of action since then. He threw in the towel and cost Jay the match at Clash of Champions, and then he came in at Hell in a Cell and got Jay, well, sorry, made Jay say I quit because he was getting attacked by Roman Reigns. So we've got Jimmy to blame for he Jay Uso not being a WWE champion. He had that wonderful moment with uh, Roman where... They, he thought it was Jay on the screen and then Jimmy removed the bandana and then Jay attacked him from behind. I thought that was class. Mm. But 
Yeah, it's another hard one uh, in the sense that it's sort of like Bo Dallas in, in which it's like, we, we haven't really seen you much this year. It's not a reflection of you. It's just, we can't really judge you on much. So I think he's probably going to have to go in bearable simply because he's actually showed up a bit. That's the thing. He's done, he's done a few mon- monumental fault. things, but yeah, it's yeah. not his fault that he's, he hasn't done more monumental things. And hopefully more mon- monumental things will be to come in 2021 because oh, surely sure. surely Jimmy's got to get involved this in this is, one when he's, when but he's this back is it. I think I think Jay's going to become just completely broken and subservient to Roman and like a robot and Jimmy's the one that's going to be like nah snap out Jimmy's of it gonna, Jimmy's going to bring the rock in and you know hopefully Tamina. not this coming mania next mania because I'd like to see this just drag out like not Roman a chance in hell, rock. Sam. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to happen. <laughs> but I like I like your optimism there. I like your optimism. But we're moving on to Bianca Belair, who, of course, started this year in NXT, where she lost to Rhea Ripley at TakeOver Portland in a match that was really a formality with the way that WrestleMania was building yep. up with Rhea Ripley, Good, and Charlotte Flair, and asking Charlotte Flair to challenge her. She then entered the Women's Royal Rumble, excuse me, then eliminated a record eight women before Charlotte Flair chucked her out. Then we had the match with Charlotte. I think this was on a, yeah, NXT TV. This was uh, Bianca's last match in NXT yeah. where Charlotte injured her, well, I think it was her knee or her ankle that uh, Charlotte injured right. and put Bianca out and that was sort of her NXT career done without, of course, winning the NXT Women's Championship, which was a bit of a, bit of a shock. Just Shocking, Bianca Belair, yeah. yeah. Uh, then she rocks up at WrestleMania to save the Street Profits from Vega, from Gaza and from Theory. Um, and that looked like she was going to be aligned with the Street Profits going forward on Monday Night Raw. We did some stuff the next night, the Raw after WrestleMania, but then she went missing. She went yep. missing for a very long time until she rocked up on SmackDown uh, to be in a battle royal with the winner going on to face Bailey. And then officially after that, she was drafted to SmackDown. And then the fatal four went to qualify for Survivor Series. And then we all saw what happened at Survivor Series with her getting uh, sort of. She passed out and then came back to it and then got counted. It was all just a bit of a mess. Yeah. Some people are saying she got sacrificed for Lana at Survivor Series. I don't think it was that severe, to be honest with you. Having just, I know nah. Lana stood on the stairs and did she's, nothing, but I don't know why they didn't just have fresh, like in yeah. terms of the main roster. So I think there's going to be a lot of this sort of experimentation, as there always is, where it's it's you know, can we put you into this sort of role? Can we put you into that sort of role? Can we try this? Can we try that? And eventually something's going to stick. But yeah, it, it was an odd time, sort of just quite up and down her early experiences with the main roster. Yeah, it's um, the promo packages are quite enjoyed where she was just displaying her physical prowess and Dave Meltzer took them really seriously going, that can't possibly be true. How could <laughs> she do these things? So. She's apparently the most naturally gifted athlete that WWE have ever signed, though. Like, I can believe that. Because <laughs> she's, she's apparently like... I think the, there was a college report on her or something that she was like a once-in-a-generation level athlete and she's chosen to do pro wrestling. So it's it's huge if her career goes on like for a long time and hopefully it will and we'll have somebody there to really lead that charge forward for another generation but we're sort of still in that build up phase and we're getting there now with Bailey like we're getting that sort of back and forth and the goad in and and you know she's going to get some good featured time with like a superstar like a real superstar for the first time i guess in on like a very big stage but we're kind of still waiting for that to come along we're like at the bus stop we know yeah. where we're going, but we're at the bus stop. Just waiting for the bus to come along. Um, all right, is that too harsh? I, I, I think, think it, I, I think it's fair because she's missed yeah. large portions of the year, hasn't she? And well, the matches, it. 
the match, she hasn't had a big a big match on the main roster yet. I guess you could count Survivor Series where she was impressive. The Royal Rumble, yeah. she has had a big match. Sam. Rumble, She's the Royal yeah. Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? Um, yeah. But it's been fleeting, hasn't it? Yeah, she's not quite had that big that big first singles feud, I guess. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it has been sort of just just moments, just sort of sprinkled on at the minute. I'll, I'll go I for think the, all very, right's all right. the very tippy top of all right, because yeah. as, as we say, we're just we're getting to know yeah. her, <laughs> getting to know all. And th- that's about the thing as well is the the argument now with oh well you, you've saw an NXT, it's redundant now. I mean, it's always sort of been redundant because the second you're out of NXT. Anything can happen. Exactly. You know, Shorty G. (laughs) Kalisto. Um, Kalisto's on SmackDown, everybody. Uh, Kalisto got ripped this year. He's in fantastic physical condition. He's got unbelievable muscles. Uses that credit card to get his pecs and and, and his abs all like fly and stuff. Yeah, I do that. Um, Four (laughs) matches he's had this year, though, Sam. He, uh, He lost to Cesaro. Then Lucha House Party defeated Cesaro Nakamura. We had the, the Clash of Champions kickoff show lost to Nakamura and Cesaro once again. And then he was in the Survivor Series Battle Royale. Battle, Battle Royale. Wake up, mouth. Will you speak the words properly? <laughs> yes, you will, mouth. I, Hello. <laughs> Kalisto has been interesting for me this year simply due to the... the what? <laughs> like, I, I don't want to mean... I don't mean, like, interesting as in, like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't wait for the next instalment of Kalisto. Um... I mean, like, the only real thing of note in my head that, that stands out, and it's simply because I used to grade 205 Live. So, and, like, I, I spent a lot of time watching Lucha House Party matches, and and I understand the, the athletic prowess of them and everything, but they were always kind of redundant in the story department because it was always like, we're just here to Lucha and party. And when they, they we had that sort of tease with Lindsay and then there was the back and forth and maybe this could all explode and Kalisto's like come back all ripped and he starts like having a go at him for losing matches and it was like oh Christ we could actually be ready to see something here from the Lucha House Party and then it all kind of went I'd, and then he turned up last week on Smackdown in a fedora in full gimmick. What was that about? Was that some sort of in, in joke with Pat Patterson or something? I've got. It either was, or 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 he accidentally walked through the door and it was live. <laughs> That's the only other thing I could think of. Surely he knows what a fedora is, though. Well, that was it. Yeah, he didn't know what a fedora was, but he was wearing one. I, I don't know, but Kalisto, I think this. Yeah, I. I mm, it's it's been, isn't it? Yes, it is. Ruby Riot. <laughs> Ruby Riot uh, is somebody I'm quite excited to see go further in SmackDown. I'm hoping that there's going to be some sort of featured, you know, storyline heading forward for like everybody involved there. But like, I don't know because she's she's another interesting character that they never really seem to to know what to do with. Yeah. Uh, she's got she's just obviously kind of lumped in with the riot squad, and and obviously it's all part of that whole thing, and it it, it just all moved forward. And she's got a unique look, obviously. Um, I think she's got a fantastic promo, and she's a good wrestler. So I don't yeah. understand why more hasn't happened for Ruby Riot after it's been two years now, hasn't it? Just yep. about on the main roster. But um, in terms of 2020, she returned after a long period out injured and uh, turned on Liv Morgan. They had a bit of an embrace and then she turned on her and went yeah. off as a heel. Um, 
They had a match Liv and Ruby did on Raw, I think it was, where Sarah Logan, when Sarah Logan was still employed by the company, yeah. um, where Sarah was the, the special guest referee. And Liv won that match, I think, if memory serves. Uh, right. A fast count by uh, Logan there on that occasion there. Uh, she competed at Elimination Chamber, where, of course, Shayna Baszler just destroyed everybody. Uh, lost more matches to Liv Morgan coming out of WrestleMania, where it looked like Liv Morgan was getting a push, uh, and Ruby Riot just wasn't. And then all of a sudden... Ruby Riot had just lost so many matches. Liv Morgan had started losing so many matches as well, and, and Ruby was trying to console Liv Morgan when surely Ruby should have been rejoiced in the fact that Liv was losing all these matches so, since they were in a feud yeah. not so long ago. And then it turned into Ruby trying to convince Liv Morgan to get the Riot squad back together. Obviously, Sarah Logan had been released by this point, unfortunately. And then, out of nowhere, the Riot squad were back. They were baby faces, and then they had a match with the I Iconics where if the I-Iconics lost, they would have to disband. So the Riot Squad are responsible for the Iconics disbanding, and, and that, that's heartbreaking, and up yours for winning that match. You should just lay it down and let them win. They're the best. <laughs> that's what I'm saying to you. Um, well, she apologised, Ruby Riot, to Liv Morgan on the, on the on the KO show, and that, that signified the Riot Squad coming back, and now they're on SmackDown, and it's, it's nothing. It's... It's weird, like the, as you said, she's a good promo. She's good in the ring, but they just seem to like to use her as cannon fodder. Mm. It, 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 I, I know that there are so many people that there's only so much storyline for, you know, and so much TV time, and and, but they they just kind of use her in inconsequential matches at the minute. Inconsequential, sorry, uh, matches at the minute, and it, it, it's. <sighs> Is it going to change? Like, is that ever going to change? You'd hope so, but... Yeah. I don't know what to say. It's nah. it's, it's so weird. Because she's so... Obviously, she's got it all, I reckon. She's got it all. Yeah. Promo, wrestling, all you want from a professional wrestler in yep. WWE. But she just doesn't get used and doesn't get utilised properly. And it's weird. It's a weird thing to try and put in a tier ranking list thing here. I guess... Bearable? Is that fair? Yeah. Because she's I'd capable say- of so much more. Yeah, it's capable of so much more and, and at least had some sort of featured moments, even if it was destroying one of the best tag teams that WWE had. Um, but, you know, it's featured time. It's a featured moment. Maybe they're going to be able to parlay that into something moving along. But mm. they've not really done much on SmackDown since, like, re-arriving. And, and it's just felt odd, like, to the point where I thought, oh, are they going to get involved in the whole Bailey thing? Could they be Bailey's muscle? But then that's such a step down for Ruby and it... It's hard. It's proper hard to to analyze when you've got characters that they just sort of mow down. Yeah, Kane is on SmackDown. <laughs> He's doing so, a cracking job in Knox County, Tennessee. We we have to we have to put him in this tier ranking. He is officially a member of the SmackDown <laughs> roster. Kane has done two things here in 2020 in WWE. First of all, he was attacked by the Fiend at the start of the year in the midst of the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan feud. And then he turned up at Survivor Series in his gear. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ross, but you might have to stick your beloved in the bin. <laughs> I can never present one of these videos again. I've got Tamina and my favourite Kane in the bin. Not my favourite Kane, my favourite, <laughs> comma, Kane. <laughs> 
I guess it's, it's could we I mean, go bearable for doing such a wonderful job at Survivor Series? Is that something we could possibly do, Sam? Because, of course, everyone was there. He in was the only street. one that committed to it. Exactly. And for that, he's got to get out of the thing and into just about bearable. bearable. Big bloody Glenn. And I love oh. the irony that I think he voted against Mass, didn't he? In the spring. And then yeah. he rocked up the Survivor Series wearing one. Yeah. So I guess the inner turmoil for that. Let's yeah. put him in bearable because that's funny. And then we're going on to Kevin Owens, who started the air feuding with Seth Rollins in the build-up to WrestleMania. This is a period of time where Seth Rollins was building his church, yes. or whatever the hell he was going to call this thing, with the AOP and Murphy, um, after the, the whole Survivor Series fallout, where Rollins turned heel, of course, and he was going to be the, Savi- uh, the, the Messiah, the saviour of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. <laughs> um, he cost Rollins and Murphy the tag team titles. I guess that was with the Street Profits right at the start of the year. Then we get, finally... The build to WrestleMania was weird this year for Kevin Owens because it was all about Kevin Owens not having this WrestleMania moment. And would he finally get this WrestleMania moment at WrestleMania 36? Would he ever? You, could, you can reel off a few at WrestleMania 32 in that ladder match. The finger on oh, the rope the at WrestleMania 33 against Chris Jericho. 34, he was involved in Daniel Bryan's return after so many years away, for goodness sake. What did he do with 30? He did nothing at 35, did he? Was he in the Battle Royal? I can't remember, to be honest. I can't with you. even remember. Um... But yeah, he finally did get his WrestleMania moment at WrestleMania 36 by jumping off the sign inside the Performance Center through Seth Rollins and through the announce table. Um, he defeated Murphy on the horror show at Extreme Rules on that kickoff show. And they had a short program with Alistair Black, which coincided with Black's heel turn and new theme and eye patch and all that malarkey. Drafted to SmackDown. He was on Team SmackDown at Survivor Series. And then we get to where we are today, where KO is challenging Roman Reigns for the title at TLC with a wonderful promo alongside Paul Heyman on Talking Smack. Do you see that one? Uh, yes. Ooh. Yes, I think I did. But Ooh. he's he's just gone from strength to strength this year, I think. Like, it's it's not all been, you know, mega step-ups. The steps are very, very strangely shaped, but everything just seems to have naturally just sort of incremented, and now he's gone... <laughs> with the whole Roman thing and the, the fact that it's him rockets. Brian Roman and Jey Uso I don't think anybody could, could have called that for being at the centre of, of you know the most important storyline on Smackdown but they're just knocking it out of the park aren't they and do, Owens I, is a big factor in that I do hope they explore the uh, Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens tag team more next year because I think those yeah. two those two with the sense of humour could do something special together And but Kevin Owens lovely I think yeah, he's got to go into lovely. He had that WrestleMania moment finally, didn't he? We can't we can't rob him of too much joy after that once in a lifetime <laughs> WrestleMania moment. Oh, I've done the right click thing, Sam. I hope you enjoy editing that. Oh, anyway, right. moving on to King Corbin, who of course started the uh, feuding with Roman Reigns. They had the false count anywhere match at the Royal Rumble, which was ended where Roman Reigns did the spear on the dugouts inside that their baseball stadium. What a fantastic moment! Yeah. He then lost a cage match to Roman at uh, Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. Then he tried to murder Elias in the build-up to WrestleMania 36. Then they had that match at WrestleMania, which nobody gave a hoot about. (laughs) Weird time. Um, Almost won Money in the Bank, where him and AJ were fighting at the top of the ladder. Then they fumbled it, and they dropped it to Otis's hands. So close, yet so far. Then we had the the main roster debut feud for hmm, Riddle, where King Corbin put a ransom on... At the time, Matt Riddle's head because he was being annoying and stoner-like. Yes. And then we get to Survivor Series where, of course, he was involved there as well. And now we have the brand new 
the King's Court. Is that what we're going with? The, the two henchmen. Yeah. We have Wesley, Wesley Blake and uh, Cutler. Steve Cutler. That's Steve his name, Cutler, yeah. Freshly faced, freshly shaved, fresh faced. Weird to see. They just don't. They've had beards was, the entire life, in my odd. opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't recognise them until they were. Uh, they got that clear shot, and I think it was Cole uh, said who they were, and I was like, ah, okay. Mm. But if this was, you know, Rankin Corbin as a person, as a character, like he has done everything that's been asked of him, and I'd have put him in in lovely, lovely, lovely. But. It just it's of no fault of his own, but he's he's sort of the, the de facto first boss. So like you get into SmackDown or you you start any trouble and you're not in a storyline, the first person you gotta get past is King Corbin. Mm. He's always on TV, he's always gonna be there like almost every week, and he's always gonna try and just be a massive, massive knob. So <laughs> I'm I think, surprised I'm surprised the King thing has lasted this long because Yeah. I Especially, think, I, I thought, like, obviously in 2019 when he won the thing, that it would be a yearly a thing. And when this year's came around, maybe COVID played its part and we couldn't do that for whatever reason. But I was thinking, surely have it for a year. It's really, it's he needs to move on. Yeah. It's, 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 had its, it's had its life. I think, I think I've talked to you about this before, though. I think the, the, the reason it's still around is simply because Baron Corbin as a character is, is just such a loser. Like, and he doesn't want people to think he's a loser. So he's like, you know, he's the king of the ring. He's the king. He's King Corbin. And he's going to be King Corbin forever. And like, like he will always in his mind be King Corbin, which is why even though nobody really cares, he's the one that's got the, the crown and the, you know, the cape and the, the uh, what do you call it? Scepter. Scepter. And, and everything. And like, he's the one that makes a big deal of him being king. He's the one with the big stupid, like, horns at the start of his theme he's the one that gets carried out on a sedan and everybody else is like who's this loser and it, <laughs> like that's why I think it, I like Corbin simply because he's blissfully unaware I think as a character that he's like he doesn't look anywhere near as cool as he thinks he does and he doesn't command anywhere near enough respect uh, as he thinks he does but I, I like that he just perseveres he just thinks that yeah I'm the king therefore I get this shot and it's like no no you don't and he's like yes I do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where do we go? Because obviously, as you say, he does everything that's asked of him, and yeah. he's always he always seems to do what exactly what they want him to do. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep putting him in such a prominent position. But he's on TV nearly every week, so he's that's doing something I mean. right. And yeah. but but what they're asking him to do it's is quite basic, crap. isn't it? It's, it's quite basic, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's it's outdated shtick. Yeah. It's it's um it's 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 weird because I don't know where to put him, Sam. I mean, the the end of days is one of the most protected finishes in the it's game. It's the only one in WWE, man. It's is the it? the only one. Yeah, really? Yeah, gotta be. But, like, he's 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 just... He's developed so well as a character. And it, it's just... It sucks to have to do this. But as much as I'd like to stick him in lovely, 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 I think he's got to go near the top of all right. I'd agree with that as well. I thought, hopefully... I still, It's still always in the back of my mind when I see him just how interesting a guy he is outside the ring yeah. and how they could... How they could easily play into all that skull collecting and whatever else he does. Yeah, and meat and whiskey and watches and cars. Cigars. And he's, he is like, they could lean in so hard on that with Corbin. I mean, when he was wearing the the the, the little suit and stuff and he had the like dress shirts on and he, he, he just, he looked like a, he looked like a douche. And you could lean into, you know, if he has hobbies that traditionally, you know, like are very expensive hobbies, it's the type of thing douches would brag about. And it's the type, like, he should be turning up, 
you know, in a car that's ridiculous and he's got a ridiculous watch and it's easy stuff to destroy to further further feuds. Yeah, I would still like to go around to your house for tea, Baron Corbin, if you're watching. I'd love follow to you as well. Do you follow his personal Instagram page? Yes. Yes. Um, fantastic scenes. All the meat, all the whiskey. I would love to go around to Baron Corbin's for tea. <laughs> but moving on to Lars Sullivan. <laughs> Michael Cole, I can do a raw me. Watch. Three, two, one. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Just in his face. Just that close to Cole. This was a perplexing time for Lars Sullivan. It's always a perplexing time for Lars Sullivan, mate. We were getting told these promos of how he was bullied at school and that led him to murdering several children in the woods or something like that. And that's why he's the (laughs) arsehole he is today. We should feel sorry for Lars Sullivan because it was the bullies that created this horrible monster. But he can do a roar, though. Watch him do the roar. I got bullied. I'm not out murdering anybody. (laughs) It's, um... And I love that that second promo because obviously we had the first promo with Corey Graves where Lars was just sat there in a polo shirt. I think it was some sort of silky silky polo shirt that, yes. that, a, that, a, that, a, that a twat would have worn in the 1990s <laughs> or something like that. But now we have the next week when he's with Michael Cole and he's just inexplicably shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the and, same and he's, and he's conversation. The big hairy, he's the big hairy freak <laughs> monster. And it's like you've got you to gotta weigh those two things up. Which one do you want more? But at the same time, he... His own personal life has affected his in-ring and and and, and storylines and everything. Because when he finally came back, like more stuff came out that was more recent, and then it sidelined. Then we get the whole freak with like screaming promo, and then he's just disappeared again. And yes, it, it's he's got to be in the bin. He's got to be in the bin. He did defeat Shorty G. Yeah. At one point, that's, I think that's the only sort of notable thing. I think he's that done, was that when he ring. came back. He came back and just trashed everything and like destroyed Shorty G. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. I just let's move on, Sam. Who cares yeah. about Lars Sullivan? I, I know they probably got big hopes for the guy because he's he, he's got a really unique look and yeah. he's, he's a, big, a big, scary, strong man and he's got a wonderful body. But um, he does nothing for me. He does absolutely nah. nothing. Do you anything nah. for you? No, it, like his entrance in NXT used to be really cool where all the lights would go out and you'd have the silhouette of him and the scream and then the lights would come up and it was like, yeah, this is like, they've gone really hard in on like the, the weird like horror movie monster type thing. Like he's just this really dangerous, strange person. But then by the time he gets up to the main roster and then everything that's sort of happened, it's all just fallen by the wayside. Yes, it has. And now moving on to something that something that saw someone else, sorry, who was fallen by the wayside, and that's Billy Kay, because the Iconics, of course, were split up inexplicably in 2020 <sighs> after feuding with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss for a bit. Then we had the Iconics making fun of Ruby Riot, who was losing all of her matches and losing all yeah. of her friends at this period of time. That then led to the Riot Squad getting back together and that matchup where, for whatever reason... It was never really explained, I don't think. The Iconics, if they lost this match against the Riot Squad, they would have to split up forever. Just cause. And who? Why? <laughs> Just cause. I would Just understand. Cause. I would understand if the Iconics had a run like the New Day. You know, five yeah. years together at the top, selling loads of merch, doing everything together. But they never gave the Iconics a fair crack as no, a heel people, team. People we didn't even We didn't even try as a babyface team. They were fantastic together. you got to be joking me, all that stuff. We all yeah. know how fantastic they were. And it never got used or utilised at all on the main roster. And it really does boggle my mind. But now we yeah. find ourselves on SmackDown with Billy Kay. Hasn't done too much in the way of wrestling, but she is going around the backstage area, passing around her CV and more headshot. 
Would you like my headshot? <laughs> Just from London now, everybody. Um, yes. But um, it's hopefully because they teased as a game was sat here on December the 9th. They teased last week on Twitter that. Adam Pearce was going to do something with Billy Kay because we saw on the previous week's SmackDown, Billy Kay, Billy Kay had her CV to Adam Pearce. Yeah. And I think Adam Pearce was like, oh, we'll see you on Friday night. Didn't see her. Didn't see her at all. Why yeah. tease that sort of thing on social it's, media? And get me hopes up. I think it's again because we've still got those residual bits of you know storyline here and there. And then last week, obviously, we had a very unexpected situation that led to SmackDown being changed around a bit, I guess. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was this week coming. But yeah, it, it, she needs something because she's too funny not to have something, and it needs to be something good. Because, well, yeah. to be honest, even if it's not, she'll make it good because she's that type of talent, it seems. But we need something. But it, it's been fun so far, just watching her pop up, and everybody's just sort of like, "Thanks, yeah, see you later," and handing her a CV back. But yeah, but the Iconics as a whole for most of the year did not they had the feud yep. with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and then the Riot Squad and now it's starting to go somewhere maybe it's a case of who we speak to earlier Bianca Belair yeah. who should be potentially ranked higher in this tier but because we're just sort of getting to know her she's taken down a notch or two so maybe yeah. bearable has got to be the limit for I think, BK I think bearable's probably where we're at but we with a with a look to move up a couple of steps in the next couple of weeks Mojo is a member of the SmackDown roster. He Could started the year. <laughs> he started the year, apparently he is. He started the year in, in the midst of the 24-7 title yep. um, with Riddick Moss as an offensive lineman. Um, mm-hmm. But then Riddick Moss would turn on him for some reason. He then got moved to SmackDown where he got rid of the man in the mirror stick and became the most annoying man in the world in everybody's eyes apart from Adam Pachita for some reason as he brought Gronk into WWE they had all kinds of fun doing dancing and stuff and oh, I just don't like Gronk at all me, I really any- thought Gronk was going to be a much bigger deal like I, I, I genuinely thought they weren't going to go down that route with it but it, you know it was what it was uh, it didn't really work and we'll probably see him return one day for a little bit of a funny but it would, he'd make a great heel because he I, he, I thought he was horribly annoying. He made a 70-odd-year-old man jump <laughs> off a platform. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Vince McMahon's fat. He's He's got his flaws as Vince McMahon, but when you see moments like that, yeah. it's just, oh, he's a myth. Um, where are we going here? Apparently, according to Wikipedia, which is where I looked at Mojo Rawley's year, because that was yeah. the only place who had anything written down about him, he turned heel over the summer. And I was thinking... Surely he was a heel with Gronk being an annoying arsehole. <laughs> um, <laughs> and apparently he had a match in June where he lost to Shorty G, and that's 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 it. That's that's the bin. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Adam. And it is a shame because Mojo I said I, I said this on the channel before, Mojo Rawley, when he was cutting those like slow and methodical and real moody promos they where he lowered his voice. Fantastic promo. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be the jumpy, shouty arsehole all the time. He can do the other way, completely fine. But uh, it's just, it's another guy who's so, he's, he's talented. He is talented, yeah. but they don't use him. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a shame. It's a big shame. It is. I don't know what else to say about that. No. Murphy. Murphy is slowly climbing the ranks. And I think whatever's going to come next with the Mysterios, for sure, um, could propel him forward into, into something a lot bigger. But in terms of the year he's had, he's been at the forefront of a major storyline. But... Yeah. 
He started the year alongside Seth Rollins. Obviously, Seth being the Monday Night Messiah. Rollins, sorry, Murphy being the Disciple. That was his nickname with the horrible, crappy T-shirt. Remember yes. that one? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and this of course was after uh, Murphy went through a sort of a breakdown of sorts live on Raw where he lost to Alistair Black and then he just sat at ringside for an uncomfortable period of time until Seth Rollins was like come on in child yeah. see the light see the light <laughs> um, picked up by Seth Rollins where he got involved in the feud with uh, Kevin Owens and the AOP thrown in there as well yep. uh, Rollins and Murphy won the tag team titles from the Viking Raiders uh, they defended them against the Street Profits at Super Showdown but lost of course in that last chance ever rematch um, on Raw fantastic pop and all Murphy then got involved in the little feud between Rollins and Danny Drew McIntyre which then spilled over into the entire Rey Mysterio thing the tag team matches they had where it was uh, Mysterio and Black for a while against Ronald, uh, Rollins and Murphy and then Mysterio and Mysterio against Murphy and Rollins for a while we know where we're going here yeah. he, he, he was the guy who blinded Alistair well hurt Alistair Black's eye I guess it was another case of globe luxation that stayed with me for some reason Sam <laughs> globe luxation when Charlie Caruso came on whatever whatever pay per view it was uh, that we, was we, the we have, we, the horror show at Extreme Rules yeah. we've just learned that Rey Mysterio has suffered some globe luxation Let's just stay with me for some reason. Um, then we went to payback uh, where Murphy kicked Seth Rollins in the face and that allowed Rey Mysterio to win, which began the sort of tension between yeah. Rollins and Murphy where Rollins would tell Murphy to stay backstage because he was getting away and stuff. Um, Murphy then slammed the cage door on Seth Rollins, which um, opened the door for Dominic to do some things. And after that match, that's where Rollins finally full-on like attacked Murphy and kicked the poo out of him. Then yeah. we go starting getting cosy with Aaliyah on SmackDown and the stuff with Ray and Dominic, and it went on and on and on. The master plan for Buddy Murphy, where he was sort of leading Seth Rollins along for a bit, even though Rey Mysterio didn't believe him. I think Aaliyah did, didn't she? She believed Was that the master along. plan that lasted one week? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, it was uh, Ray and Seth having the match, wasn't it? And then Murphy yeah. got involved and helped Ray defeat Seth. Whew. And then Murphy himself had a no holds barred match. Was did he have a no holds? Did he have a match against Rollins? I just imagine that in my own head. I'm sure he had a match against Rollins. He probably he? did, Sam. This video is dragging on for years. But um, <laughs> where are we going here for Murphy? <laughs> I think uh, he's. I think all right is a good place to put him because he's been at the center of a lot of stuff, but he's never really been a focal. You know, he's never really been that guy who's had a big single story outside of say the cruiserweight division. He's he's just sort of always been a bit of a background character now's the time for him to step up so I think All Right's a good place to put him because he's been featured but he's about to sort of move on that's it he's, he's just always good isn't he he's never yeah. like never like wow he's always like, just good he's and the I type of bloke a... where like you could be like oh do a backflip and he could do it but if it's like you know cut a, like a really long rambly promo then it might differ so I think he's got to be placed with the right people but it could work quite well might be a bit harsh there, but we'll see what the comments say, Sam. We'll see what yeah. the comments say. Carmella, she started the year by entering the Women's Royal Rumble. Obviously, she did not win. She then tagged with Dana Brooke to unsuccessfully challenge Sasha Banks and Bailey for the tag team titles. She competed at Money in the Bank. Then she went away for a, a period of time for one reason or another. I'm not sure. Do you know why? I, I don't know. I couldn't find I out why. I can't. Was it potentially an injury? It might have been just like Maybe. a storyline right off. 
And then we sort of had the mystery woman promo start on SmackDown where they had serious Emelina vibes. We saw sparkly dresses and shoes and Chardonnay or whatever drink it was, a glass of piss. And now we've got Carmelina. And Carmelina debuted by uh, attacking (laughs) Sasha Banks from the rear, which she did a few weeks in a row. And then we've had a couple of good promos back and forth between the pair of them. I assume they're going to have a match at TLC, although I don't think it's been confirmed at the time of recording. I um, think, yeah, Sasha called her out, didn't she, at the in that promo, so I think it's going ahead. Yeah. But Carmella, it's, um, obviously she started the year as a babyface, sort of, kind of still involved with our truth but not really, if memory serves correctly. Uh, Dana Brooke, the tag team, it must have been a babyface, because obviously Dana Brooke is yep. everyone's favourite babyface. Flex those muscles, Get up guys. and have a stretch, everybody. <laughs> I remember them during the commercial yeah. breaks. Unbelievable, um, but then obviously now she's she's cutting the you people promos. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna please you people. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it all for me. I'm sick of you people. You yeah. people. Sasha's just jealous of me and you know all the standard stuff. That was the thing. It was a complete rip off of Randy Orton and Edge's promos, wasn't it? Oh, Sasha Banks, you must be so jealous. It's been your dream your entire life, but it's me. I, I didn't even notice a, that. Yeah, I just well t- caught. Exactly right, like Randy Orton. <laughs> I just turned up here on a whim and I found it all so easy. It must break your heart with this yeah. being your dream. and that. But they were good promos if they were a bit like somebody else's promos from earlier this very year. Again, it's it's young and in this fresh sort of stroke for Carmella. It's, it's, I guess it's, very, it's a different word, isn't it, Sam? Yeah. She's always been about the money and the sort of glitz and the glamour. I guess she's more of an alcoholic than she was once before. <laughs> There's a key difference there. Instead of fabulous, it's now untouchable. But it's still pretty much the same, but with a bit more bleach blonde hair and a bit more bit more alcohol. Yeah, she's she's got just sort of that old money vibe. She's just better than you. And, you know, it, it's it's uncharted territory at this stage. But from everything we've seen... Uh, with that promo, because all we'd had really was the attacks. Everything we've seen, it, it should be a great feud. But where are you thinking? I'm thinking bearable, just because, it's as I say, we've, we've been through the highlights there, and I guess it, uh, if it was an injury, it's it's not really her fault once again. Yeah, we know what she's capable of. Again, I think she's one of the the more all rounders, and one of one of the more all rounders. That makes sense in my head. <laughs> she's one of the more complete packages in the women's division. I'm trying to say she can cut a promo. We know that much. Either heel or she baby am face. She's good at wrestle. She could. She is good at the wrestle. She's proven that in matches with a shot with Charlotte Flair in the past. Um, I'm sure she'll have a great match with Sasha Banks when the time comes, yeah. and there will be 17,000 super kicks to piss off Brian Alvarez, who seems to pick up on that a lot. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think there's more to come from. Obviously, there's more to come from Carmella next year, and we'll, we'll just have to see where she's ranked this time next year, Sam. Yeah, when we're back doing the SmackDown 21 slash 22 season. <laughs> it never ends. The content never ends. But now moving on to our pal, my bane spirit animal since Rusev departed this year, Otis. Best, Mr. Otis best, 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 best. Are you sure? Come on, Ross. I'm a big lad. It's... I know, but I, 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 so am I. But I just I don't want to bastardise this entire table. We've taken it very no, seriously. No, we've taken it very seriously. So Up let's, until let's, now, we've got yeah. Tamina in the bin, for goodness sake. Yeah. Um, Otis is, yeah, obviously started with the, the, the romance with Mandy started at the arse end of 2019. It bled over into this year. The meal on Valentine's Day, the text yeah. from Sonia, the rivalry with Dolph, the WrestleMania kiss, yeah. the sauciness in the swimming pool. Which I have got saved as a gif on my la- on my computer, <laughs> Sam. I don't know why I have, but it's on my work computer as a gif. Those two necking on. 
And I might yeah. just share it on Twitter randomly one just day. No, no look, script, just post yeah. that on its own, see what happens. Just make myself like a creep. Um, <laughs> then we defeat Dol Ziggler once again to qualify for Money in the Bank, which, of course, Otis won because he was stood in the right place at the right time as King Corbin and AJ Styles were fighting and squabbling over the, over the, over yep. the briefcase he at the top went. of the ladder. Falls down, he catches it. But then things went south for our pal Otis because if you started watching WWE... Just after Money in the Bank 2020, you would have no idea who Mr. Money in the Bank was because he never appeared. Yes, he never appeared. And then the, the, the briefcase would be a briefcase and then it was a lunchbox and then it would be a briefcase sometimes. And then it all started with Miz and, and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, you're not fit to be the, the Money in the Bank holder. I hope you got a kickback off those lunchbox sales. Because they sell Did them on they, WWE Shop now. They sell them. I didn't know they were selling them. I'm going to oh, buy one. Oh, they sell them. You're going to get gonna one. Buy one. Yeah. Oh, oh, stocking stuffer for Sam. It wouldn't fit in the stocking. <laughs> it looks like quite a substantial lunchbox, to be honest with you. Um, right. Law notice. That was the thing that happened. JBL making yep. the match for Hell in the Cell. This is the thing. Money in the bank to Hell in the Cell. That big gap there, he did absolutely nothing. And that yeah. is weird. They'd sort of teased a little bit with Braun, didn't they, right after Money in the Bank? Like, there were a couple of times with Otis and Braun where it was like, ooh, you know, he could do ooh. something, but nothing nothing came of it. And, yeah, the, there's just that sparseness. But then it seems like this might have been the plan all along, in a way. I, I It's strange. It's a sh- It would be a shame if it was, because organically so. He's just a really likeable character, isn't he? And organically yeah. he became... Well, in my eyes, just looking at my, my Twitter feed and whatnot, he became one of the most popular superstars he, in WWE at the start of the year, and I thought Money in the Bank was sort of a reward for him getting over like he did. Yeah, and he reminds me so much of, of like, great Attitude-era characters, like the, the comedy-style stuff, and, like, you know, those gimmicks that just persist, like, too cool. Like, I think Otis, if it continues on, and he's allowed to keep making silly noises and, you know, all of the great stuff that we love, I think he'll persist like like one of those gimmicks but it, it's it was just odd in the way that yeah they, they didn't really seem to have any idea with what to do with him after he won the case yeah uh, so Hell in a Cell obviously comes around where Tuke turns on him and costs him the Money in the Bank briefcase the match was mm-hmm. made by JBL as I said earlier he then lost to Rollins in the Survivor Series qualifier match that's when he was approached by Chad Gable and the Alpha Academy was born then everything's been going south even further because he's been getting attacked by Jay Uso from behind when he's just yep. about to have a match with King Corbin on SmackDown. Um, I mean, aside from Jay and Roman, Otis and Mandy and Ziggler and Sonya at the start of the year is probably my favourite feud in WWE this year. It's it's yeah, I think like it was always funny enough and shot well enough, and and the you know the stakes of it were personal and it, it made it quite engaging and. But just stuff like, you know, Ziggler sweeping in. It was all textbook stuff, but it was just just great. I think everybody who was involved, but particularly Otis being the center of this, is what made it all work so much. Mm-hmm. And it, it's sort of, while it's petering out now, I, th- I think that I'd put him in lovely, 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 simply because he's been so entertaining. I mean, we're looking at the people who are in the all right tier. I think he yeah. has had... A more monumental year than the likes of Bianca Belair and Daniel Bryan and King Corbin, Apollo Crews, Cesaro, Ray, Aaliyah yeah. and Buddy. I think I think Otis has been a step above them but I in think 2020. Not quite the best because we didn't really get much out of that, you know, monumental briefcase. Sorry, I just knocked the microphone there. Briefcase win. 
Yeah. Why do they stop momentum of people all the time? I don't know. Just keep know. it going. Sam, the know. bell's just gone. I'm going to go and answer the right. door. That's <laughs> And now we have Chelsea Green, who, of course, started this year in Robertstone Stable on NXT. That didn't really go too far. It went places, but not too far. She yeah. competed in the Women's Royal Rumble match, but did nothing. She lasted 12 seconds before she was eliminated, which was weird. For a sort of, but obviously the back catalogue of her work is there with the yeah. stuff in Impact Wrestling and stuff. And we all know how great she is. But then to be given such a big platform like the Royal Rumble, thinking, "Wow, she's got Robert Stone. She's now appearing at the Royal Rumble. Let's do some big things with Chelsea Green." Twelve seconds. Welcome to the big leagues, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Defeated Shotzi Blackheart to qualify for a ladder match at Takeover Tampa Bay. Remember that that match? Uh, that match? That yep. uh, event was going to be a thing, but that of course didn't happen as a pay per view. It happened on NXT TV. The match was won, of course, by Io Shirai, and then she did nothing for absolutely ages for no reason whatsoever. She moaned about it on Twitter. It's been so many days since I had a match. It's been so many days since I had a match. She got a lovely dog called Dude, though. I follow Dude the Doodle on Instagram. If you don't follow Dude the Doodle on Instagram, follow him now. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, apparently, there was plans earlier this year to get Chelsea Green up to Monday Night Raw when Paul Heyman was in his executive director's role, but they never came to fruition. So a SmackDown debut eventually happened on November the 13th in a fatal four-way match where, of course... She suffered the same injury to her arm that she suffered in her first ever NXT match. Yeah, so we learned this year was... that Chelsea Green, the poor bastard, cannot catch a break. It was it was awful because I think it was one of the first moments of the match. It's sort of like a quick brawl breaks out and she's thrown to the outside and then you don't see her again for the entire match. And it's just like, ugh. Like, again, it, it's going to be another one of those grades where, you know, it's not their fault that they got injured so they're placed, you know, a little bit because they're out but I think she did have a pretty good run up to that and she was featured in a lot of spots up to that so like I I don't know I think the start of the year with Robert Stone is what's yeah. keeping her out the bin and that's again that's I mean. not it's not her fault why she wasn't booked for so long is, is anyone's guess I yeah. hope someone eventually does tell us why that was the case because it was baffling because she is obviously very good at what she does and then the injury happened and it's 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 heartbreaking to see really isn't it yeah it's just, you know, hopefully she'll come back stronger than ever and we can just crack on, move forward and get her into the women's division in a good position. I read some news recently, Sam, that uh, apparently she shot, shot a few backstage promos or vignettes with Mickey James earlier right. this year where she was playing Mickey James's stalker. Ah, okay. It's all coming full circle, so maybe that's something oh, that could be revisited. That be great. Yeah, down the line, we'll have to see. Only oh. time will tell with that one. It'll, it, that should be good, SHIT. That'd be class. That'd be class. Uh, Robert Roode. It's sort of similar to Ziggler. He's he's just, you know, we know how good he is and we know what he's capable of, but he just languishes in, in feuds where, you know, we need a very, very, very capable pair of hands who can, you know, do exactly what we need to do. Robert Roode's a great wrestler. Like, so he's capable of doing this stuff. He's got a very long career and he makes it look effortless. But unfortunately, he suffers at the hands of you know, quite meandering storylines that he's placed Crap into. He's, yeah, but he, he's he's never really the focus either. He's always the second guy, and he's always sort of the follower. And it, 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 I don't know. I can't believe we live in a world where somebody in a prominent position on the main roster's creative team have watched what he was doing at the start of his NXT run with yep. the bringing in the corporate malarkey and all that stuff and just reduced him down to a guy who says, I'm going to beat you, and that will be absolutely glorious. 
every single week. I can't believe we found ourselves there. But obviously, he started the year alongside Dolph Ziggler, helping King Corbin in his battles against Roman Reigns. He was eliminated by Brock Lesnar very early in the Royal Rumble match. He competed in the Tag Team Chamber match, which of course was won by Miz and Morrison. Then he spent most of the year up in Canada because of COVID. Couldn't cross the border there. Yeah. Um, appeared on Raw for a little bit. He answered, a, I think he answered a, an, a, an open challenge by Drew McIntyre, which obviously he didn't win because he didn't win yeah. the WWE title this year. And now he looks like he's going to be on for a, a SmackDown tag team title shot at least uh, in the Dirty Dogs with Dolph Ziggler I hope that becomes an official tag team name I know they're doing t-shirts on Twitter yeah. just make it so Vince McMahon for goodness sake um, bearable yeah unfortunately it's it's another case of, of like an Italia or a Ziggler as I said it, it, like he's he's very 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 good but they don't have anything for him and so what that means is he gets featured spots in matches but he's never really the guy who they're trying to push. No. And he's just there to to really fill it out and make sure the match, you know, has a very good quality to it, which even then sometimes because of who they're facing it, it doesn't always work out. He's moving up the table already. He's moving up the table already. He's moving up the table already and he's in the best. Where you put him? Roman Reigns. Oh, Roman Reigns. Oh, I thought you thought you meant Robert Roode there. I was like, what's going on here? No, no, he's firmly unbearable. Um, it'll make sense when you see the picture of the tier. Uh, yeah. Roman Reigns started the year as the same kind of Roman Reigns we all knew. We all knew. Yeah. <laughs> at the start of the year, feuding with King Corbin, won that match at the Rumble, won that cage match at uh, Super Showdown. Uh, last man out at the Rumble, obviously, as well. The guy who McIntyre eliminated to win the Rumble match. Yeah. Uh, he challenged Go- well, he challenged Goldberg to a match at WrestleMania before obviously taking the right decision for him and his family to pull out of wrestling altogether because of an underlying health condition. Go yeah. home, shield himself, <laughs> no pun intended, from the coronavirus by staying indoors for a long time. Good on him for doing that, good on it, for having the balls to do that because obviously... I don't, it must apply to Roman as well, obviously, thinking, oh, if I pull myself out here, they're going to start, you know, being petty with me and start, you know, hampering well, my bookings and stuff going forward. I guess you never know, do you? So, but, I mean, the guy is turned it all around, hasn't he? Yeah, he returned it, it Summer, all around. Returned at SummerSlam with new teeth and a badass attitude and a new full beard as well, I guess uh, we could throw in there as well. Aligned with Paul Heyman in a fantastic scene on the casting couch. Roman's there, and then when the camera sort of pull, oh, there's oh, Paul. Fantastic scenes. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we've had all the stuff with Jay Uso that we've spoken about at length already. The I Quit match, uh, the the other one at Clash of Champions where Jimmy threw in the towel. Ramifications for future generations of the Usos. The stuff. It's not the way he's. It's not what he's saying, Sam. It's the way he says it. Yeah. Oh, again, we're sat here on December the 9th to the SmackDown before this one, whatever date that was. When he stood in the ring with Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens is going, come on, Roman, let's have a fight, pal. I'm Kevin Owens, I fight anybody. And he just goes, Kevin, I'm a gentleman. Kayla Braxton's here in the ring with me. She's done an interview. I'm a gentleman. Grow up, man. And he just walks away. After after oh, he just ran God. Kayla down for being embar- <laughs> like an embarrassment to her job. Like Fantastic. I've got no... Whoever's writing them is a bloody genius because they do get better each and every week. This new... Yeah. It's because it, it, obviously it, I should mention as well when he's when he shouts, it means so much more because he rarely shouts. But when he does yeah. to Jey Uso, it's just like, wow, he's pissed off here. Yeah? That must mean something big's gone down. Yeah, he just he's very very mellow, very very quiet, and 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 it's ah, oh, it's everything. But yeah, he's in the best. 
Yeah, straight away. Sami Zayn, Intercontinental Champion, won the title initially in that three-on-one handicap match where Braun Strowman didn't have to accept, but he did, so Sami Zayn was smart like wrestler. And that ended, by the way, Sam, a five-year title drought since he won the NXT title. And that yeah. is mad to think about. Um, then Sami was being weird because he wasn't wrestling like a wrestler. He was wrestling like a manager, even though he is arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world today. Yes. <laughs> he ran away from Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, but still won the match, of course. Um, he was then stripped of the title after going home, being sensible in the midst of a global pandemic. Yep. load of absolute bollocks, of course. But thankfully, they turned it into a storyline when he did come back. Obviously, Jeff Hardy was Intercontinental Champion at the time in August. Zayn returned, claiming to be the real Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. We had that fantastic, one of the match of the year contenders, uh, the ladder match between Hardy and Zayn and Styles. A clash of champions where Zayn retained his title and became the, the bona fide Intercontinental Champion. And he defeated was that the, the handcuffs as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he became uh, sorry, he defeated Apollo Cruz, and then we had the stuff with Lashley at Survivor Series, and now he's just sort of going along with the flow, looking for a proper feud, I guess, against somebody. Hopefully, it'll be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Reveal themselves it's, not to. It's been a pleasure this entire run of Sami Zayn. I think like the the way he goes on. I don't think we've had a better chicken poo heel to steal one of your and like you know anti swears. Um, I don't think we've ever had somebody fill that role quite as well, uh, you know, over the last few years. And the fact he's still just trying to net count out victories and he's just running his mouth and he thinks he's very important and he's preaching about everything. When he came out and ran down Thanksgiving, it's just classic heel work. Yeah. Um, but he seems to be having a whale of a time doing it. And it's infuriating to watch him <laughs> just pick up like cheeky win after cheeky win after cheeky win. Um, and, and he's doing it perfectly. And to be honest, I think I'd if he's not in the bottom of the best, I'd stick him in lovely, lovely, lovely. That's the, I think that's the call we've got to make, Sam. If you had to stick yeah. him in one of them, where would you put him? I'd does that does that break in the middle mean anything? <sighs> if anything, it helped progress him into more of a deranged state because when he came back and he's like, no, 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 I'm still champion. And it from that's that the, point on, it was funny. It was that's just the difference hilarious. maker for me because obviously I was expecting them to just go right. You've been stripped because you went home to try and save your own life and your family's life, <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're just too bloody nice in general. Stop giving money to charity. <laughs> I, I would expect them to have just forgotten about that rain, but the fact they then turned into a storyline which it suited Sami Zayn's his preaching nature. Down, oh, it was just fantastic. Yeah. That they did that, and I'm, I've gone for the best. Sam. Yeah, he's got to go with the best. Rollins. It's been an odd ride, and we've recapped quite a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, but um, the prom, I think this has been Seth Rollins' best work of his career, the entire Monday Night Messiah shtick. Yeah. While we can laugh at the ping-pong balls and the silliness of all the stipulations and all that, and, but the promos it has been cutting, while I guess you could say they're a bit repetitive, you can't they, say they're bad. They bring it, though. Yeah, they bring yeah. it, and that's the thing. It's like you listen when he speaks. And it's always good and it's always venomous and it's always poisonous and it's always framed in a way that he looks benevolent and that he thinks he's, you know, some sort of genius. But it, it's, I mean, he backs all that up with Sterling in-ring prowess. You, can, mm. you can't take anything away from the guy. 
Yeah, but just in terms of stuff we uh, haven't spoken about already, we have these bollocks at Survivor Series. That's I think that's the only stuff we haven't mentioned so far in this video. Uh, and him recruiting Austin Theory for a period yeah. of time on Monday Night Raw. That was a, a thing that happened. Didn't like the stuff at Survivor Series because surely the greater good was SmackDown winning that match, not him getting yeah. eliminated. Um, but Rollins, lovely? I'd say oh. top of lovely. He's not quite... I think we're waiting for that next big like step in the you know in the progression of this and that should be coming next um we're just kind of floating around but obviously uh he him and becky lynch now have a child so he could be away for a little bit of time and we don't really know what's coming but i think he's had a he's had a a standout year but i don't think the moments are quite there in the way that you know some of the best tier are yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and congrats to them too. Them too. Yeah. Becky and Becky and Sethy Poo on the baby do- <laughs> on baby Roo. Becky and Sethy Poo and baby Roo. I don't know. Uh, Liv Morgan, Sam, uh, who returned on New Year's Eve after all the promos about her finding herself and having a bath and yep. stuff like that. Remember those ones? Yes. Um, and it looked like she was in love and about to announce a relationship or an affair or something along those lines with Lana. Thankfully, that was scrapped. Because you could see that was going to be ugly from the get-go. And then she yeah. aligned with Rusev, but in a, in a non-romantic way, to battle Bobby Lashley and Lana for a while. She defeated Lana twice on Monday Night Raw. She then ended the feud with Ruby Riot, and then she had the stuff with Natalia at WrestleMania. And then the partnership with Ruby Riot, and then that's where we find ourselves today, the stuff of the Iconics we've already spoken about. And I've got to mention the Network documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen everybody online Everybody I've is in unison it. by yeah. saying it's um, it just shows what a crappy life certain superstars have in terms of creative, just doing things on a whim and completely just you know just disregarding any logic and just tearing up like the riot squad for no good reason whatsoever. I'd seen people comparing it to like that uh, the total divas moment where they're all at Mania in their gear and it's just revealed to them now you're not having a match and yeah. they're just broken and I've I've seen a lot of people comparing it to that sort of feeling where you know you, you could have every idea in the world but if they just don't see you doing it and they don't really want to do it then you're out of luck and mm-hmm. it's it's a reality i imagine for most people on the roster that like that at some point in your career you're gonna just keep getting shot down and shot down and shot down and i, I don't know how they do it it'd break me uh but Liv morgan uh the promos are awkward at times i think they're a bit like I remember when she was having one where she was speaking about, I think it was her mom, how her mom, how her mom was a, a rock and she's definitely yeah. her mother's daughter and stuff like that. And she was getting emotional. I was like, where's this going? Like, what's what's the purpose of this promo? And yeah. it's a bit like, it's a bit, obviously she's drawn on stuff from her real life because they, they look like real tears and that she's just yeah. an amazing actress, which she could be. Um, but it, it's a bit like lost, a bit like just, no direction. It no... felt kind of like they, they were like, right, is that your idea? Like, you've got a few ideas. Okay, go out there and try this one this week. I uh, didn't like that. Try that one next week. Didn't like that. Try that one. And it just feels like we got like the first step and then they were like, now nah, get down. Mm. Try again. Nah. Bearable? I think bearable's fair. I, I wouldn't put her in the bin um, because she has been involved with some, you know, central happenings. But I was looking at her. I swear she's only 26 as well. It's just mad to think. She's been around since about 2014. She's only and 26. She has a farm that I think she's now just got cows Fantastic. for. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she's got chickens. Fantastic scenes. I love to go around Liv Morgan's farm. Uh, but now we're going on to Paul Heyman, who started the year, of course, behind the scenes as executive director of Monday Night Raw, 
uh, reportedly big plans for the likes of Drew McIntyre, which came to fruition, Andrade, which didn't, Alistair Black, which didn't, and he mm -hmm. left his position in June. And in that time, by the way, I've got to say, Raw did get better. Yeah, it was sort of like you could tell um, it was similar to when, you know, Pritchard came back to SmackDown. You could you could just tell that the storylines were being wove like in a certain way and it was all a little bit tighter. But yeah, Heyman, and he's a creative genius, isn't he? Like Heyman's, he's just capable of so much. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's still, I'd still rather have him in front of the camera yeah. doing what he's doing now, I think for sure. Obviously, at the start of the year, he was still aligned with Brock Lesnar, and very it was pretty much the same old stuff with him and Brock and, and the feud with Drew McIntyre and stuff like that. But it was um, now he's with Roman. He's, he's shown a different side to him where he's obviously... Kevin Owens said in that Talking Smack promo, Paul, you're just in it for yourself. And Paul was like, no, I'm not this, that, that. But quite clearly he is. Yeah. And you can see the way he looks at Roman, how he's just like... He adores Roman so yeah. overtly that he's just playing up to Roman, and it's just he's just well, using Roman to get somewhere, and eventually he, it'll get revealed. And but he knows he's doing it, like so he's acting all pathetic and mewling, and he's like, you know, like oh Roman, and and he's always going to bat for him. The one thing, the one thing that I absolutely despise about current Paul Heyman is that one word when Rains he goes in. Reigns in. I hate it. Hate Tries it. a bit too hard, doesn't it? But. But, I mean, come on. It's been non-stop since he's come back. Like, the reveal of him, everything, it's been great. Yeah. And it, it just, it, he never, did he, did he always used to, like, look as scared with Brock? No, this is the thing. Like, he's, he was always quite cocky with Brock. But, like, like oh, there's any, Brock doing Brock yeah. things. <laughs> but Roman, he's kind of in awe of him, always terrified of him. Like, yeah. as and if that's Roman's, the big, like, that, that makes a know, massive difference. going to hurt him. Sam? Move your head, Sam. You can do it, Sam. Go on, Sam, please move your head. We've come so far. We've come so far, Sam. I'm ducking and diving here. Please move your head. I'm not going to have to export this call. No, I'm not. Come on, Sam, you can do it. You can do it, Sam. I believe in you. <laughs> come on, Sam. Everybody at home start clapping. Maybe if your energy transmitted its way through your screen, Sam will start moving again. I've got no idea if Sam can hear me. I can't hear him at all. I'm going to have to pick up the phone here and give Sam a little message. Look, everybody, it worked. All the claps, it brought Sam back from the dead. What the hell were we speaking about? Paul, Paul Heyman. Heyman. <laughs> it's the way he looks scared at Roman Reigns that makes yes. the difference there, Sam. So where yeah. are we going for Paul Heyman? Has he done enough this year to deserve lovely, lovely, lovely? I believe he has. I'll put him in there, because why the hell not? Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura. Ew. Best wrestler in the world at one point, and now... He's not. He just meanders around in a tag team. <laughs> uh, no, in, in fairness, like, he can be called upon again to, to bring on, you know, great performances in matches, but it's time for him and Cesaro to be, you know, separated now, surely. We've got to do something with him that's not just tag work or, you know, secondary title. <laughs> something... The damage it, is done, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I don't think... It, I, of course he could, but, like, what are you going to do to Shinsuke Nakamura to get him back to a main event level? Yeah. Short of sending his, him back to New Japan and bringing him back all over again. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's his time at the top's being and gone with the stuff with Styles. and Oh, yeah. God, it seems such a long time ago. 
But we've spoken about everything to do with um, Nakamura so far while speaking about Cesaro. So I guess where Cesaro is in the table, where the hell is he, everybody? I've lost him completely. He's in, yeah. Is he in all right or is he bearable? There he is. He's in all right. I think Nakamura's a maybe step a step down, yeah. I think Cesaro has done better wrestles this year yeah. than Shinsuke Nakamura. So there we have it. He's in just about bearable, just above the bin. Oh, Forgotten that hurts. Sons, that Sam. Hurts. Forgotten, Forgotten Sons. Sons. We start uh, the year in the Dusty Tag Team Classic down in NXT yeah. where they were knocked out in the first round by Imperium. I think that's how they yeah. say it. <laughs> then they lost to the Grizzled Young Veterans in their second televised match. And that was it, Sam. They got promoted to SmackDown and they cut some promos backstage about things. And then they did a, a, a Money in the Bank Fatal 4-Way match uh, with the New Day, the Lucha House Party, Miz and Morrison, which was won by New Day. Um... And then it all goes kaput. Is that? I'm just making things awkward with you. Um, yes, there was. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. I was like, is my I connection just, gone? <laughs> I was trying to try to remember in my head if that was right. What I've just said there. The, the last match I think was at Money in the Bank before yeah. we had uh, Cutler and Blake brought back with King Corbin, and yes. now Jackson Riker. I think it's where Satya, it was this week's main event tape and the week of the December the 9th, uh, that week's main event tape, and he was with Elias, is looking like a roadie, I guess. Yeah, the the thing I've always said about the Suns is I don't think they did enough to capitalise on what could have been an interesting gimmick simply because, you know, they, they seem... Uh, the thing is as well, it, it's too near the knuckle in, in modern American society to do anything about a militia-type group, but they, they seem to look like a bit of a militia group or like a doomsday you know like sort of you know look out and and survivalist type people you could have maybe gone that route with it they look you know paranoid of of like you know government and all of that stuff that long hair beards in camo and they just never did and it you know petered out quite quickly with everything that happened once it got to the main roster and and now they are back on tv back to square one and you know with uh cutler and blake there with Corbin, so at least they're going to be featured, hopefully, quite regularly. Riker, time will tell. I've put them in the bin. They did nothing in NXT, That's and they it. did nothing on the on the main roster yeah. before it all went kaput. So in the bin they go, and then we finally we we finish things off, Sam, with Sasha Banks, who goes in the best yeah. straight away. I don't think you can argue that at all. No, she's I had a hell of a year, and we all know what character we're... arc. I just the one thing I picked up on is that she missed the Rumble through injury. I completely forgot that happened. Oh. What was when was that? Like the what injury was January. it? January. That's when the I, I know the one that, I meant like <laughs> what was the injury? Was it like I've a, got no idea. Nah. It was an injury. Whether it was kayfabe or real, I'm not yeah. too sure. But we've been through it all the trials and tribulations with Bailey winning the tag team where it looked the tag, the tag team titles when it looked like they were splitting up and then eventually everyone think it was gonna be Sasha turning on Bailey, but no, it was Bailey turning on Sasha. And now we have the Carmella feud heading into TLC and twenty twenty one, but Sasha is in the best. But there we have it. Before we get to the best of the best, Sam, which we always do on these T-Ranking things yes. to find out who is the best member of the SmackDown roster, I'm going to put it to you. Do any of the lovely, lovely, lovely deserve to go up into the best tier? Rollins? Nah. Profits? Oh, nah. Big E? Oh. I don't think he does. Nah, he's a strong contender, but I, I don't think we've had anything substantial enough for it to be. Ziggler, no. I think, is fine and lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Dom? 
Yeah, he's fine there. KO. Fine there. Otis. Fine there, if not a little high. (laughs) (laughs) Heyman's fine there as well. So now we find out who is the best of the best. Has Jey Uso had a better 2020 than Bailey? Yes. Woof. Has Roman Reigns had a better 2020 than Jey Uso? Oh, you could argue no, because Jey Uso's gone from almost obscure... Well, not obscurity, but he's gone from much lower down the card. But, of course, Roman has had a better year, yes. Has Samuel James Cuthbert Zane had a better year than Roman Reigns? Nope. And finally, has Sasha Banks had a better year than Roman Reigns? Oh. That is a juicy one. I don't know. And I'm going to put it to you. Has Bailey had a better year than Roman Reigns? Oh. I'd say we could go Sasha, Roman, Ty, Bailey second. He's gone Sasha, Roman, Ty, and then Bailey in there second. So there we have our tier ranking for the 2020 slash 2021 WWE SmackDown roster. Let us know how wrong we are in the oh, comments down very below. Very wrong. You're we so wrong, see- Ross. We can so see wrong. we can see we have Elia Mysterio above Alistair Black in this tier, but context is key. Yeah, we tried. Oh, we, tried. we tried. So please, please listen. We justified it as good <laughs> as we could, but we know we're going to get endless comments about that thing yeah. right there. But that is it for this video. Obviously, check out the raw video that is live already on the channel with Mr. Adam Pachete as we went through the raw roster, the NXT and AEW great uh, the tiers. Sorry, that's a different series altogether. <laughs> the tiers they are coming. AEW will be done with one Jack the Jobber, NXT with the illustrious Tom Campbell, and then we'll find out who has got the best roster. Off the top of my head, I think SmackDown's got a better, best, a more full best tier than Raw, so as things stand, SmackDown have the better Uh, roster. But SmackDown's got less time, so it means more good stuff, less filler. Interesting point well made there, Sam. Yeah. (sighs) You've ruined it. But there we have... (laughs) I was trying to make this scientific, but you've ruined it there with subjectivity and lengths. With science. Yeah. But that's it. I've been Gary YouTube from Cultaholic Wrestling, joined by another Gary YouTube. Any closing thoughts, Gary? No, it's been really fun, this. I quite liked having a big old natter with you. Sorry that it went over two hours, everybody. <laughs> People like that on the podcast, and it's Christmas. Happy Christmas, yeah, happy everybody. Christmas. And a Merry New Year yeah. and all that stuff. Wave to the camera, Gary. We'll see you next time on this tier ranking malarkey thing where I think it'll be AE-dub. But it could also be NXT. I'm not too sure what the schedule is. I can't remember. Neither can I. <laughs> We're so prepared here at Cultaholic. See you later. Tighty bye <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.